you guys hey long time no see hey um, at least for a regular episode because you know we have our finger on the pulse always when they drop new content uh but in case you missed it this is between the scandal sheets you got you got your co-ceos of between the scandal sheets llc i'm carly i'm rose you guys, we have so much to talk about as per usual, but we have been fed more than normal recently. Don't you agree, Rose? Dude, so full, like just appetite, constantly wetted. It's like, I don't even know what hunger feels like anymore. There's just so many little snacks and morsels to eat and, you know, graze on. It's just, life is good. This feels like abundance. Yeah. We've gone from crumbs to grazing board for real, for real. Still not a full meal. Still yep. not episode drop. Roy got a or- nice charcuterie of information coming at us. Yeah. So you guys, we all we already talked about it. We already talked about it, but we <laughs> all watched the panel, right? Or we know of the panel. We've seen the interviews and we've seen the clip from the panel. But of course, we're going to talk about it a little more. Yeah, because the dust has settled, right? And we've been able to digest and you know it's marinated in our in our minds mm-hmm. for a bit. Yeah, and not only that, they're like. Our two leads, Mr. Luke Newton and Nicola Coughlin. Is that how you say her name? Uh-huh. Coughlin? Yeah, okay. Coughlin. That's how I say it. Um, but watch it be like Coughlin, and I'm like, a silly goose. Literally running a fan account for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's always room for right. improvement. Always room for improvement. Always room for improvement. But they're out here doing events. They were at the BAFTAs. And you guys, of course, we're going to talk about that, because when do we ever not talk about something they did? But we're also going to talk about the book cover. We're going to talk about all the stuff, some of the stuff, because like we said, we're being fed. We're going to talk about the updates from Valentine's Day panel. Yeah. As well as some new info we have about the stills. So, so exciting. And then just some general chit chat there at the end, of course. Dude, it's a big old hunk of meat we're going to sink our teeth into with some more theorizing. Literally like a little gremlin. But guys, just a quick thing before we get started with the rest of our agenda for the day. The reason why this is even a conversation point, why this is even a bullet point on our agenda is the fact that Luke and Nicola, their outfits, their auras, everything about them at Mm -hmm. the British Vogue ex Tiffany's after party on Sunday for the BAFTAs. It was just, okay, so... Carly, you know how people will say, like, he can step on me, or, like, mm-hmm, she can step on me. Mm-hmm, I know it's, mm-hmm. like, jokes and stuff. I mean, I know people I'm not actually, joking. Well, I'm not joking. I know, I know that people like that. Like, people actually like that. I actually, I know a girl in college that did that with professors. So that's a whole other can oh. of worms, but, yeah, oh. yeah. She wore, like, stilettos and did it, but, and then there's some people who it's, like, the riff, the joke, just to go with it. No, I get it now. I get, like, what you said. Yeah, like, I get, I now, get yeah. Why people can say that because those black boots you wore are their own, maybe not the Roman Empire, but like the Byzantine Empire. Let's just like quickly touch on the outfits. So we had Luke in his like little gray, like almost not pinstripe, but textured suit Mm -hmm. with his black tank top as per usual and his chain. And he looked so fucking good. But he also had on these leather boots and the leather boots weren't anything spectacular until the interview where he was lounging, not sitting not propped he was Ugh. lounging on the fucking couch i've he never seen back arm spread yes i've never seen someone man spread went... and if oh my god yeah. <laughs> you and me both sorry go i ahead. can't like because i have to talk about it. you go first just uh, 
I feel like, again, guys, any videos or things that we discuss, we'll, we'll post the links in the, the episode description below. I just, there was something about the man spreading. There was something about the way his little tootsie was moving while he was thinking <laughs> in the interview. I just, mm-hmm. and like, here's the thing, guys. I, I personally, like, I'm, I'm a married woman. I love my husband very much. But Lord, please, I'm coveting another man. <laughs> like, he's yeah. so hot. Yeah, I've never wanted to sit on a lap so much. Um, first of all, so the boot, yeah, it's a higher upper. ankle than I thought it would be. So it's a higher ankle than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And how far does it go up? I'd love to know. But, you know, thigh highs. intrigue. Yeah, thigh highs, 100%. <laughs> um, like Patrick in the uh, fucking SpongeBob movie. When he's, like, <laughs> dancing around in his fishnets and thigh highs. Hey, that's hot to me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> not Patrick, but Luke. Um, yeah, I was like, so, okay. Take roll it back. I've never wanted to sit on a lap so much. Um, number yeah. two, he's sitting here lounging with his chain on, which is what spurred me and Rose's friendship talking about this man's chain, by the way. Yeah, write that down, write down that lore. That um, is good lore about our but also just for me, him just sitting there looking hot and talking about karaoke. That's porn. That's actually porn. For me, that personal, that's personal porn. The karaoke is what did it. For me, it was the video games because, you know, I'm a gamer. Yeah, you're a gamer. So that was for you. The karaoke, (laughs) which it sounds like he's never done karaoke before. And I'm like, okay, little Mr. Singer posting your covers on YouTube. You're not doing karaoke. I'm dead. I have a karaoke playlist. Like if someone has sung my song of choice, I have another one on deck. And he's saying, I want to try Sweet Caroline. I'm gagged. Okay. I kind of judge that choice, but you already know that. Wait, give me one choice of your karaoke song. My top karaoke song that I always go to and it's always open for me and everyone loves it. Yeah. Teenage Dirtbag by Weedis. That is a good one. Yeah. I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. I think I do Mr. Brightside by The Killers because everyone kind of knows it. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. Yeah. It's on the playlist. It's made Mm -hmm. the playlist. That's a good choice. Yeah. And then Nicola... How was she? Oh how was she looking? I just had to take a sip of my drink because this woman has made my mouth dry. She's so fine. Okay, She's Colin, like touch- episode two. <laughs> Literally, no, exactly, exactly that. Um, she's looking fantastic. She's looking regal, almost not in the way of style, but just like the vibe. Like it's, she could yeah. step on me. She's wearing just like a kind of a suit blazer, but like as a dress and like a tuxedo like, dress. Mesh. Yeah. She's got mesh and her titties are out and she looks so good. And she's yeah. wearing stockings, which is always nice. I feel like seeing this outfit, it's just, there's so many outfits we're really seeing now where it's giving romantic lead and mm-hmm. leading lady. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm just, I'm so happy for both of yeah. them. And yeah, I mean, they're like in their prime. This is, ah! they're like our babies. We're like, we're so proud of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, she was like serving that. bad bitch for sure, for sure. But she's always so good in interviews. So mm-hmm. I feel like I like this one time because Luke is actually like there and talking, like I must give him his crown. But Nicola, of course, slain as always. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I would say just a quick little update. Julia Quinn. Uh, to move on to the R&B book cover, Julia Quinn in a recent interview said that she has seen uh, the oh. book cover for Romance Mr. Bridgerton. So she's seen Lukey and Nick. <clears throat> Obviously, she couldn't divulge anything else other than mm-hmm. it looks nice, which we kind of we had a feeling it's going to look yeah. nice, you know. Um, but hey, guys, one of these days it's going to come up. It's going to release. Dude. So, so yeah. my only wish for this and it won't happen. But hey, girl can dream. 
I wanted to be like Fabio esque. I wanted to be like the insert mm-hmm. of like the old romancing Mr. Bridgerton, where it was just the writing on the front. And then you open the first page, it's like a dude in a billowy opened up shirt with his abs and a girl with like her dress falling off. Hey, just put it on the cover because mm-hmm. we can all deal with it. No, but why do I feel like having something like that for Colin and Penn, I think would be so important because of how much of their relationship has been so platonic i'm i literally want everything to be non-platonic with them every, yeah every moment of them in the show and in marketing and in promo uh yeah i think that would be really that would be really nice but yep i i'm so excited to see it it's a dream of a dream and speaking of dreams you guys we have even more updates from the dream that was valentine's day like we got so mm-hmm. much that day we've already talked about it but we just have been given even more because you know we posted that like within 24 hours of the panel we recorded that day of rose was working her little tail off day and night (laughs) to get that edited like there are so many parts where she had to like add new info because we were just getting so much new stuff and like i was on shift she was texting me she's like oh my god they just said this oh my god they just said this and i was like you do whatever you think is best. Yeah, it was it <laughs> was chaotic, but it was fun. I had fun doing the editing. Like, what a day! I was like, af- I was on the afterglow, just like working off that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. obviously, Netflix Netherlands sent us for a loop. Um, <gasps> yes. Yeah, so right, this was something that for those who aren't apprised, it seems like that you know, Mr. Bridgerton confrontation clip that we got on Valentine's Day, it might have been a potential leaking because the moderator of that Valentine's Day panel said, you're going to see the first two minutes of season three. Nicola has been, you know, shown in different like camera angles, mouthing. They played the wrong one. That's what it appears to be what she's saying to Luke. He visibly has his jaw drop. Martin's the actor who plays Will Mondrich, like his eyes snap over to Nicola and then on top of it, too, there was an hour delay from when that clip was, you know, shown mm-hmm. at the panel to when it was actually posted on, like, the Bridgerton and, you know, Shondaland social medias. Yeah, you would think that, like, with the planning that went into this event mm-hmm. and, like, all the scheduling and everything, that they would have it on deck. Because, like, for uh, To Doom, mm-hmm. the Brazil, the last one, when they gave us the stills, they had that shit ready and waiting to be posted yeah. like it came out immediately yeah like while she was saying it so the fact that this one took a little bit longer i mean hey it could have been an oopsie but also so okay so they said it was gonna be the first two minutes the first two minutes so yeah. i don't know about you i was expecting the first two minutes i was expecting this <laughs> Julie andrews to be doing a voiceover i was expecting lady whistledown i was expecting getting out of a carriage getting off of a horse yeah that is not what we got i am not complaining but we yes. also didn't get two minutes. We got a minute and four. So, right, right. you know, yeah. it's okay. I have accepted this fate because we got so much more. Dude, what a consolation prize. What a consolation prize, right? But if it is true that this was an oopsie, that they had to quickly grab the clip and post it within the hour. Dude. That would make sense why one of the netflix netflix netherlands as you said posted an extra few seconds on the front half there yeah yeah exactly um so carly now that you're here with the rest of us Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on those additional words we got in those four seconds that netflix netherlands thankfully you know 
mm-hmm. did an oopsie and we were able to get them. Yeah, an extra oopsie on top of the first potential oopsie. Um, and you guys, of course, we will link this so you can see it. So you don't just have to take my word for it but that this is what Mr. Colin Bridgerton says. But <laughs> when the clip starts from Netflix Netherlands, it, he says... I'm quite serious. The color rather suits you, referring to Penn's dress. And that's when she hits him with the good night, Mr. Bridgerton. So, oh my God. So, first of all, we're getting a compliment from Colin on Penn's looks. Yes, her that's physical appearance. That's one thing. But this is also not the start of a conversation. You don't just walk up to someone and say, I'm quite serious. This color looks good on you. No mm-hmm. fucking way. So, I'm thinking, and of course, this seems like one of the first times they're speaking together since the season started right just based on how colin is like oh i miss you you didn't write to me like these are things that you bring up the first time you're able to talk to someone when they're on when it's on your mind right yeah so my theory is that she's been avoiding him been actively like running from him been hiding from him whatever um anything not to talk to him because she's still fucking pissed we know that Penn is supposed to have a horrible foray during the first ball mm-hmm. because that's what leads to the confidence lessons. So this scene, we see Penn like leaving or at least walking deeper into the garden. Yeah. So the night has already begun. I'm sure the bad stuff has already happened. We talked about it last time that we really don't think her calling herself a spinster. We don't think those were her words. We think those are words that were thrown at mm-hmm. her earlier this evening. And we know from past episodes that when Penn is complimented on her looks or on her outfits, she's not super receptive due to people picking on her in the past. Yeah, like when she's Edwina skeptical compliments as fuck. her dress. Skeptical, skeptical as fuck. So as I said, to me, this doesn't seem like the start of the conversation. This seems like Colin was finally able to corner her, was able to say, Penn you know, you look beautiful tonight or your dress is amazing or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe less than that, maybe less like big compliment. But he said something about her dress, about what she was wearing, about her looks. And she tried to give him the cut direct. She tried not to say anything to him, allegedly, it seems. And then he has to double down and he says, quite serious, the color rather suits you. And babe, that is Miss Gorley's last fucking straw. That's when she hits him with a good night, Mr. Bridgerton. You can hear. So I think I'm like my 730th time watching this clip. You can actually hear right after he says the, you know, color rather suits you. You hear the sharp exhale from Penn. And then she does her like, you know, her quarter turn and like the really okay so for everyone listening you guys have heard it right like the like the cunty little echo of her little heel when she turns i love that little heel (laughs) so much she gets a heel click um hey serve and slay so good i love a cunty little foot stomp for real yeah that whole scene and even then i feel like in hindsight too when i watched it a couple of things that stuck out was like when you look at her eyes they do start to look glazed and mm-hmm. i don't know if like for nicola that was her acting as like she's she's so angry that she's like not near tears right like not enough where it's like don't let him see you cry but her yeah. eyes are like a little misty or a little you know glazed um i think oh one other thing too so this is just ring watch because obviously we love that big like bobble that uh, colin is going to be wearing this season he is actually he's wearing that ring in this scene 
Because if you like, yeah, I like turned up the brightness. I feel like (laughs) I turned it up and just like burned my cornea so I could see every little detail. And, you know, that was one thing from one of the interviews that Luke mentioned was that he said the very first scene that him and Penn really have together, that there's a moment where Colin takes his hand, the one with the ring on it and his right hand, and he like kind of smooths his hair back. And it was like, I think some kind of like suave movement where Nicola and him ended up like bursting totally. out in laughter. And I love like, a giggle between friends. Yeah. Like, I yeah. love a fucking giggle. I feel like I'm not going to giggle when I see that, though. I think I'm going to... No, I'm going <laughs> to swoon. I'm yeah. going to... Yes. Yeah, but the, this scene. I'm so excited to see what actually happens in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of scenes, that it now looks like we're definitely going to get, based on interviews and based on information we were given, you guys, my skin is clear. The air in my lungs is so fresh and potent <laughs> with oxygen. Like, I've never been so alive than when nick said something that alludes to a flashback scene with baby pollen oh my gosh yeah just it's like oh it just makes my heart flutter but in an interview after the panel nick said uh they've known each other since they were kids it's lovely to see maybe how their relationship was at the very beginning when they were little they had no self-conscious view of the language okay so what does that mean nicola Hmm? yeah that's and a let's weird way to put, put it. Let's put on our guessing hats. Language. Like, like how they speak to one another, how they interact with one another. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. That's where, like, some of the theory crafting came in, where it's like, oh, is that maybe, like, how they addressed each other? Or, you know, so that's where I'm, like, my headcanon, but, like, theory, what I would hope to happen is that Colin is going to be the one as children to give Penelope her nickname as Pen. It will just explode my heart, but I would love to see a little Penelope who tries to tell him, you know, her name after her, like, bonnet flies off. And I'm going to assume we're going to get, like, the mud scene that we have in Romance Mr. Bridgerton, but obviously they're, like, way younger. And that maybe she, like, introduces herself, says her name. It's too many syllables for Colin, so he just calls her Pen, and it sticks. Because only Colin and Eloise call Penelope Pen, except for Marina. But that was, she was co-opting. Like, that's not her nickname to call Penelope. So we're just gonna, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna disregard real. that um, as an outlier. But, so I don't think it's, like, I don't think Prudence gave her the nickname, right? No, like, Portia no. or whoever. So it's gotta be one of the two Bridgerton siblings. Yeah. Oh my god. I want that so bad. Like, I want... Because the nickname Penn is already so symbolic because he's not only calling her by her given Christian name, her first name, <laughs> he's calling her by a nickname. These are both things he shouldn't be doing. One is fucking worse. Yes. Especially since he's not courting nor would ever court her. Let's see how that goes for you, sir. Um, <laughs> but if, if he's already doing this and then there's the added extra layer of he is the one who came up with this nickname and he's been calling her pen from day dot mm-hmm. her if she she hits him with a mr bridgerton that already fucking punched that kid in the gut but if she yeah. is from now on like you cannot call me pen you can probably not even call me penelope like it is miss featherington to you like if the girlies get that too if we got that right too if fanfic mm-hmm. authors got that right too that he she is now miss featherington to him give the girlies their fucking flowers like i'm on the lookout for that what a knife in the heart if she was to tell him what to do okay so here's something i'm wondering if right they've known each other since they were really little like that's what we've been told uh 
probably when they were like five or ten, whatever the flashback age is, when, you know, Penelope presumably met like him and Eloise and mm-hmm. the rest of the Bridgerton bunch, they probably weren't saying Miss and Mr. Uh-huh. Probably not yet. So that makes me think, okay, well, then we know shortly soon after they make, meet, right? Like Pen is Pen or Penelope, you know, Colin is Colin, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows if we ever hear her call him Call, but that's like a whole other, <laughs> you know, can of worms. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that. I realized, well, wait a minute. If they kind of from the get-go, their precedent when they first met was calling each other by their first names, if not like a nickname or pet name. This is the first time, maybe like unironically, and not because, oh, Portia or like someone else in society was there where it made sense to address him formally. This might be the first time she's ever like seriously addressed him as Mr. Bridgerton. And that could be really jarring for him. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um. My Everybody wants him to so suffer. Much. I want not like a crazy amount, but like I'm, I'm. Yeah. We're seeing it like on social media. Like our listeners are telling us how excited they are to see him squirm and sweat, hey. and it's like you know. Yeah, I mean, a man suffering. I'm never gonna say no if it's done, well dude. To watch, word. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of probably fucked up, but I have issues. Um, no, I mean, I want him yeah. to be properly repentant for what he did. I've mm-hmm. said this so many times. I don't need him to be <laughs> sorry that he didn't return <clears throat> Penn's feelings. I need him to be sorry that he wasn't a good friend to her in that moment and that she hurt him and that he hurt her feelings. Not that he doesn't return her romantic feelings at the time, but her friendship he fucked mm-hmm. around with. And that's what he needs to re- be sorry for. Oh, so something kind of related to this conversation about, right, what he said to Fife, and then now in the teaser clip that we got last week, Penelope confronting him about it. I've seen a couple people say that, you know what, hey, maybe next time he talks to her, he's going to kind of clear it up and be like, oh, hey, you know uh-huh. what, I said that, like, oh, I, I had to respond that way. Otherwise, like, what if they thought we were hooking up, like, you know, Miss Goring and Fife or something? I feel like, Carly, the more that I rewatch this clip, the more I do not feel like that's the case. No. I'll, I'll break it down. It's like, first, she says the line, you know, you miss me, but you would not court me. And I think he has no idea where this is coming from. The way he, like, closes his eyes, he, like, blinks away the, like, you know, the yeah. confusion. And then she says, I overheard you at my mom's ball last season. And you see the gears in his head turning. His yeah. eyes leave hers. They go kind of, like, to the left. The mm-hmm. way, like, when someone averts their eyes to, like, imagine in their head something. Yeah. And then she says the line, right, of, like, never, ever courting Penelope Featherington, and you see the understanding dawn on him. Yeah. But there was no point where, like, he could have in that moment been like, Pen, no, like, wait, like, here's why I said it that way. No, it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like that's the case. I think he really put his foot in his mouth, and he has no other defense for it. Yeah, and, like, here's my thing. Maybe he did have a reason to be talking with those people outside of just like these are his pals like maybe he was trying to do something altruistic with you know Mondrich and like whatever I don't think what he said about Penn had any other I don't think he thought about what he was saying I think Mm. this was another you do not count moment I think it was just so simple to him that no I'm not courting Penn Penn's my friend I'm not courting Penn I would never court Penn Penn's my friend I think it was just so simple for him and so immediate that he didn't think anything of it until she said it back to him. That's like 
that's my thought on what's happening. Yeah. Even if it's not, even if Fife was being disgusting and talking about how he was just in the closet with Goring and he was making all of these suggestive suggestive comments about Colin and Penn and that's why he said it. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a that's a reason. If the apology or the conversation about it between them is just an explanation, I don't really like that. I want an apology, yep. not an explanation. Yeah. There yeah. can be both if it's done properly. But, like, I want an apology because no matter what, he hurt her feelings. Yes. Her yes. feelings it, were hurt. Yeah. And it's like when someone tells you, hey, this thing you did really hurt my feelings or made me feel uncomfortable or made me feel like this or made me feel like that. If you hit them back with, well, that's not what I meant. And this is why I did that. And blah, blah, blah. That's not an apology. Yeah. It's, 20, it's 2024. Impact, not intention, is what's important. You know what I mean? So, uh, I it's mean, 1817. <laughs> why don't we get it together, Colin? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, one thing, too, is like, if it was to be right that he's like, no, here are my reasons why I said it, I kind of feel like that would deflate a lot of what was her then for months and months, like stewing, being like, I'm not actually special to him. He's not a good person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be. For that reason alone, I don't want it to be he has, like, a perfectly logical explanation. Because then it makes it seem like, oh, it was just a misunderstanding and Penn took it too far and was angry at him. Yeah. Like, then, that's it's, just, it's, then he's back on the pedestal for the viewer. He's back yes. on the pedestal for Penn. Because he's absolved, him, yes. Yeah, it doesn't make him a complex or a flawed character in any way. It just makes him this perfect cookie-cutter man yeah. that Penn can fall in love with. Like, no, he's a dude he's fucking 21 22 he's gonna say dumb shit to his friends or to dudes he knows right like, like he locker doesn't talk. think yeah he doesn't think through every word he says and like while that's not what i would prefer that's mm-hmm. what it is yeah yeah but you know what we do know that eventually as much as you know things are a little sour between pollen <laughs> in this teaser clip things do get spicy later on so one of the other you know, set of morsels and nuggets that we got Mm -hmm. from the post panel interviews to move on to this is that this season is going to be, according to Nicola and Luke, exceptionally spicy. Luke mentioned showing Nicola his outfit before they started filming an intimacy scene. He called it his (laughs) intimacy things, which we're presuming that that's like a strapless, you know, skin colored thong that has like a sticky Mm -hmm. in the back. And then it's like a banana hammock in the front, (laughs) you know, Nicholas wearing a Merkin. So that's just like a little covering like over the genitals in the front and some like fake pubic hair. So that's what they're working with. I'm personally thinking, I'm curious your thoughts, Carly, if they're going to do full funnel like that, I think it's going to be mirror. And it's going to be Colin behind her. And then that's why she only has like a little Merkin. Because he's going to he's gonna completely peel that bitch like a banana. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's so funny that they had to give Nick a ginger Merkin. I'm assuming it's ginger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'll be like full, full frontal. I think there may be some well-placed hands or well-placed yeah, objects yeah. or well-placed like side of chair. Um, so I think like we'll get the but- top. Yeah, or like, like hey, if there's some like skirt diving, like maybe that's why, in case you get like a little peek of like a little treat. Mm. Um, so she has to have the Merkin on. Um, but yeah, like he's not in his bike shorts, like he's when he's talking about his intimacy things, like he's talking about like a cup max. Yeah, uh, so we're probably gonna get Colin, but very exciting. Um, if we don't, there's so many people who want that butt, okay, because they have made 
every male love interest and other male characters in the show show butt. So now if suddenly in season Your three turn. we get no butt, that yeah. I think he should sue. And I think I should sue. And I think we should meet in the courthouse and kiss. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be, you know what? It probably was a clause in his contract that he has to show his butt. It's so funny. Like his mm-hmm. butt, I feel like that really is something. Wait, you know what? I think I remember seeing on his Instagram account, like Luke posted about season three and there some random like follower he had and all caps put like i'm so excited we're gonna see your ass <laughs> so random i mean like keep it in your heart and keep it on the podcast don't keep it in his comments that's what i'm saying like there was no fat on that statement it was just no they were completely like, I, w- I would like to see it <laughs> i feel hey. like people listening are like dude oh, okay so they said stuff that you say in your memes every five yeah. minutes so okay when i say it i'm talking about colin Yes. I am not talking directly to Luke Newton about it. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere and she's it- crossing her little fingies behind her back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't look at my DMs to Luke Newton because you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be disappointed in me. Um, I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm so kidding. Um, but yeah. And okay. First of all, Luke Newton, if you are listening to this, my sincerest apologies, sir. Um, if okay, because ever made that- you uncomfortable. I don't that, think you've like, made boot. it this far. I don't think you've made it this far based on things I've already said today only. But uh, we'll, yeah. we'll think about if like your sincere sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I'm done. Yeah. I I can only be so sorry because I'm going to continue to say it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, well, I think about like the, the meme that I made. You guys see it on the Insta and TikTok where it's like, <laughs> it's like Luke stepping on us with his boots. And, so, and one, someone commented like, do you guys ever think about if Luke sees these? Oh God. Okay. Well, in that what's one we your thought of that? Him in that one, we were asking him to keep an article of clothing on instead of taking it off. So, like, I feel like that's fine. Um. Also, if they're seeing our memes. Um, I hope they're seeing the funny ones. Um, there's some that I think yeah. are better than others. Talking about the ones I like, my personal foray into the meme world. The ones I make, I know some are better than others. I think there's there's good things there. As to I I think I, I did respond to the person who commented to that and I said, I hope he sees them and King is flattered. And I think that's probably how I would feel. Um yeah. Yeah. So. Um I hope we catch him on a good day, I guess. Yeah. You know what? But, I just, yeah. yeah. There were just a lot of people hating on him <laughs> that I'm like, we're just trying to spread some love. It's just goofing and gaffing. Um but Yeah, can- but anyway, if there's full frontal, I'm not gonna be mad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right, you know. We'll All have right, we'll have a little bit. So uh-huh. we'll move on now to the updates that we have on the photo stills. So Reddit username Nippleflix, which is a fantastic name, she was able to find copies of the photo stills that I think it was TVInsider.com had, where the metadata hadn't been stripped. So <gasps> she was able to see a the location sort of like description for almost all the photos we're gonna just breeze past these until like the piece de resistance at the end Mm -hmm. so first off we have cantony embracing the still we have where it's antony and kate that one is apparently in kate's study so that's probably where she's carrying out her viscountess duties Mm -hmm. i don't know why more and more my conspiracy theory is that that still that we get kate is telling antony that she's pregnant I don't, I don't have anything to base it off mm. of, but okay. I don't know. Would I eat it up? Yeah, I sure would. Um, yeah. I would love it, and I would love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's such a good one. I love that she has her own study. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love that she's being like a girl boss. Like we love a girl boss in the show. We love a lady whistle down. We love Eloise, even when she's being a little problematic. And we love Kate having a study. Um, not that there's not enough rooms in fucking Aubrey Hall or Bridgerton House, but anyway. No, it's nice because I I feel like that means like Anthony, you know he like made that up for her, right? And like made yeah. sure it was, you know, to all of her specifications. And um, it also feels yeah. like in this still in particular, like he sought her out, like she was doing work and he was like, I want to go see my wife. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just check it on her. So the next still, the the one where Penelope is like, you know, wrapping up Colin's hand with his handkerchief, that is apparently in the Bridgerton study or game room. So Colin did indeed move them from the drawing room when Francesca and Eloise were afoot, but he didn't go so chaotic that he took her to his bedroom. Boo. Yet. Yet. Boo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, there, it is on an upper level, so they would have been scaling the stairs. It would have been chaotic, yeah. but hey, you know, it's in the, a it's girl in could the dream. family area. Yeah. Um, oh. It's in the family quarters. Um, allegedly, this is assuming that they didn't start in this room. And this, like, you know, this is, like, thinking that they started in the drawing room and they're now in the game room. Um, yeah. But what games are you playing? Can we play Truth or Dare? I dare you to kiss me. Who's um, in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Who's in your mouth? <laughs> what? It's a new game. It just, it's brand Let's speaking play. new in the Regency era. It just came out. <laughs> okay, so for the next still, the one that we have that we got last week of Lady Danbury, Queen Charlotte, Brimsley, and, like, the ladies-in-waiting. So this is called the full moon ball right like that that moonlight ball that we've yeah. seen photos of we have the photo of colin with his bandage he's really close to pen everything mm-hmm. that's really celestial and blue that still is the same event as this one with the queen danbury and co um so from now on we'll call it the full moon ball when we like discuss it um, or maybe the moonlight ball still you know just obviously something moonish something yeah you know lunar the moon is there yeah oh my god i'm so excited i love a moonlight moment me too i hope like we already know we're gonna have some moonlight scenes i'm so excited yeah but uh yeah so not only is this the scene where he has the bandage in his hand and board they're standing so ridiculously close for an unmarried patch of friends what is no one like watching this is no one like where is any chaperone <laughs> not even their particular chaperone just like any chaperone be like hey no no yeah 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 is there a pair of eyeballs that work in this bitch like this yeah, whole venue literally. no one like, notices Pen, this. you are a centimeter away from having to write this and whistle down like literally for real <laughs> yeah dude she's about literally to literally one alligators. centimeter it's like mr bridgerton was seen falling onto the wallflower penelope feathering like bitch you are on him dude He's, they're well, so no, close no, no. he is yeah. on her let's well, be honest we know the series of events and, like, so we, right, we presume, like, oh, this is where maybe Violet meets Marcus or she'll be busy. So everyone will be busy, I guess, and that gives Penn and Colin time to do their thing. But it's, like, if everyone else isn't occupied and they take two seconds to watch what these two are doing, I mean, so many opinions would, like, pop up. But, you know, because, literally do a yeah. scan of the dessert table. You're going to be in shock. Exactly. Uh, so the next still, the one that we got last week of the Montrages, right? We have oh, Will and Alice gosh. and their cute little kids. So that location is apparently the Kent estate. So maybe that's their house, right? The one, maybe it, maybe it's an asset that they inherited mm-hmm. along with like the new title. Um, we'll have to see. And then we have our Featherington fifth wheel still with True <laughs> Dank and the Finchies. And this one is in Livingston Home Garden. So 
there is a new character this season called Miss Clara Livingston. And mm-hmm. she's played by an actress called Genevieve Chinor. She was actually spotted at the Royal Naval College in London when there was all like the pollen wedding weeks or wedding leaks in like mm-hmm. 2023. And then she had posted on Instagram kind of laughing because the minute people saw her, everyone was like, is she Sophie? Is she Sophie? Any actress that is like in this show, everyone is like, that's Sophie. It's yeah, just, <laughs> everyone's doing Benedict's job for him, looking for yeah. Sophie too. This is um, truly Benedict. Like everyone is face blind because we don't know what Sophie looks like, but yeah. Benedict is just can't see through a mask, a demi mask. Yeah, this is like a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray. It's like you should know what she looks like. The yeah, the like disbelief that has to be suspended. I mean, who knows? Maybe they have like a full mask when it's um, you know. If they, if they do that, yeah. yeah, and if they do a masquerade. But yeah, so Miss Clara Livingston, just like a new character, her IMDb page says that she will be in the first four episodes of the season, and then... But she was at the Royal Navy College, which is the wedding. Oh, you're right! Oh, so her IMDb just says episodes one, two, three, four. It just doesn't say, like, episode... Yeah, it's not like... Seven? Yeah, it's not the like fully updated yet, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. We know that she's presumably going to also have like a credit, at least for episode seven too. But yeah, mm-hmm. the IMDb right now it just says one through four. Um, so the penultimate still that we have is the one with Penelope and Lord Doubling. That one is in the Stowell House drawing room. Mm-hmm. So actress Sophie Woolley will play Lady Stowell. That's what we know so far. So I guess just the Stowells and Livingstons are going to serve as like new characters, new families that basically have venues where all of these events can take place. You know, I don't think they're yeah. going to be important, but they're going to have maybe one or two lines of dialogue. And that's why they get their IMDb credits. Mm-hmm. You can, by the way, I know people who made fake IMDbs, so I'm not putting too much credit into it, but Mm, if they're updated and stuff yeah i love a look into an imdb though i'm an imdb girly okay you guys so we have that and then last but squirtingly not least sweetly sweetly not least the midnight still of pollen is in the featherington house gardens you know what we now have reason to believe that it is at featherington house and so does that mean that Colin did, like, a Romeo, Romeo, wherefore at that Romeo, like, throwing rocks at the window type B? Oh, beat? my God. Like, why are you in her garden, Pookie? Like, why are you there? Because Bruh. I don't think they're having a ball. There's not lights on. There's not, like, other people milling around the garden from what mm. we can see. Like, Pookie, mm. why are you there? You're right. It's deserted. Like, it's late at night. And, like, he's, like, you're, you're right. Like, he doesn't look put together like, oh, he was at a ball or, you know, otherwise... He's all, yeah. like, disheveled. His, like, curl <sighs> swirls, like, flaccid on his forehead. It's just, right, why is he there? Was it he came to her in the middle of the night? Was there an event earlier maybe at her house and he came back? So, like, maybe he knew, oh, she's home, right? Like, but uh, it's way more intriguing if it's Penn's house. Because, you know, I suspected it was Lady Danbury's. Those, like, cone-shaped hedges were just something else. But it's way better if it's Penn's house. Because, like you said, is it a Romeo thing going on? And... You know, one thing that I kind of want to know your opinion on, Carly, is Mm -hmm. I'm hearing more and more chatter of people online. There's a buzz of what if this is a dream sequence? (gasps) Then I hope they make out. (laughs) Like, and what if? And what if the sun shines another day? Like, yeah. If on camera, 
Penn and Colin's first kiss was in a dream sequence, would you feel that that like takes some wind out of the sails of like their true first kiss in real life? Like if that's when we see the actors do it and we don't get the actual, because obviously for Colin, the character, like it's not going to, it doesn't impact him because he hasn't really experienced it yet. But Mm -hmm. as the audience, like if we see Penn and Colin kiss in a dream sequence, we still have that mental image, whether it's a dream or not. Yeah. I would be fine with it, I think. I would scream, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I would be fine with it, just because you and I have chatted out about it before. I don't know if it ever made a pod. <clears throat> but we've kind of talked about what we think the catalyst will be for Colin realizing that Penn's a woman. Mm. And has a body and is, like, a sexual being. Um, and we've discussed before that, like, maybe it's a dream. Maybe he has a sex dream. And, like, is he just yep. going to wake up and we're just like, oh, he had a sex dream. Like, he just, mm. it's just told to us. Or are we going to see it, like, in something like this, if this is possibly a dream? Yeah, because some um, people are like, maybe the moon, it's, like, very ethereal, right? Like, maybe it is a dream sequence. And all we know is that the dress that, like, Nicola's wearing as Penelope in that scene, it has a very specific name, but she couldn't. Like in interviews that she did, she didn't tell people what that mm. name was. So what? So like whatever the name of that dress was, she said was a spoiler. So who knows? What oh if my it's God, literally it's like, like the dream dress? Exactly. Exactly. So she can't oh say that, God. right? Like it would be giving too much away. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, here's like to to finish out the question. I personally wouldn't have a problem with it. I feel like other people might. Thus, I think the writers, if this is mm-hmm. a dream, I think they will, their lips were, are literally like a hair's breadth <gasps> And then he like away, wakes up. And then he wakes up in a fucking cold sweat with a hard on. Okay, speaking of hard on, um, and I mean this, I mean, y'all know we're, we're packed full of jokes, but I mean this truly like unironically. What do you think about if they have Colin have like a masturbation scene like Daphne had in season one? Do you want me to walk you through the thought journey? Let's do a thought experiment. So here's my thought journey or like my theory crafting. We had with like for Daphne in season one, that masturbation scene was part of like her larger arc of like her sexual awakening. Right. Like Mm -hmm. and her even doing that. Simon told her to do that. Right. So that shows like sort of like a deference to him that she was getting closer to him and doing that. Right. She didn't just like do it on her own volition. Mm -hmm. Here, I felt like my different theories is that like. Colin, after he looks at her boobs in the (laughs) study, like, game room because of her hand, like, you know, they're so close together, that, like, what if later on, you're right, like, maybe he wakes up with a heart on or he's just, like, in bed. He looks down at his hand, which is clearly, like, a reminder of what happened. And, like, he just has, like, Mm -hmm. he just, like, thinks of, like, Penn's boobs and he has, like, a fantasy. And, like, it's not until post-nut that he has the clarity, like, what did I just do? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it would be, I think there's a way to do it where I think it wouldn't be like hokey and cheap. Do I think that like has to happen? No. Um, I do think for a lot of people asking like, how do we go from, you know, episode one, two, and then like everything sort of escalates really quickly between them. It's like what switch flips in Colin's head. And so I think some people are like, is that a dream? Is that like he has like, you know, like a little wank moment? What could it be? So I think the reason that Daphne's scene, and it, I don't know about you, but in season two, Kate was definitely reaching for her coochie at one point before someone walked in her door. Um, <laughs> do you know that scene I'm talking about? She's like remembering like when she was making out with Anthony and she's like mm. laying in bed and she, there's like a stretch moment happening 
where in my opinion she was reaching under the covers and then like someone walks in the door damn um, suffering from blue clit that sucks yeah literally like <laughs> masturbation interruptus like literally yeah <laughs> it's not blue it's actually cerulean <laughs> yes bitch. oscar de la renta did a line of cerulean gowns um <laughs> yes bitch we Jesus love a devil's okay, product so reference. sorry um so I think the reason that Daphne had that scene is because like it was her like learning her body and like be- mm. coming into her sexu- sexuality and whatever. I think it depends on Colin as a character. If yep. we find out that he's been whoring it up in wherever Spain and France and Italy, I think, yeah. uh, then I don't care to see him masturbate. I, that means nothing to me. But if yeah, you're right. Still, who would want to see that? Who would? <laughs> yeah. Who would want to see that? <laughs> yeah, cut uh, that. I'd be laughing all the time. It'd be so goofy. <laughs> it'd be so. I would fast forward and I would not watch it. Um, <laughs> definitely not. Um, but if he's like getting his jollies elsewhere, I don't care to see it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, it's a tightrope like, to walk to even make it like yeah, not hokey. Well, it's like because. I think if it's, like, he comes back, and I don't care if he's had sex before, but if he was, like, celibate. Y'all remember Colin's Maidenhead, episode three. Okay. You know what? I Pepperidge still Farms stand, remembers, bitch. I still stand by <laughs> everything I've said about wanting Virgin Colin and being fine with two to three. But that is it. Um, but if he comes back, there's not a whisper of another partner that he's had. Like, you just don't have to say it. And then it's, like, he is, like, having all of these feelings that we don't know if this boy's ever felt before. We've never seen him feel these feelings before. The only time we've seen him in bed, he was crying. So maybe that could be very well done, but I think it really depends on, like, the character arc they're having to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, like, relationship with Penelope and, like, what's going on there. Yeah, no. Okay, um, Um, I think we need to move on from this. Yeah. So much so that we need to not talk about the stills anymore. We need to just go into some general discussion. Um... So I just want to say, you guys, I'm pretty sure I was wrong. I need to give Rose her flowers. I said that I did not think Penn would be named the Emerald of the season. New information has come to light that it looks like that might be the case. So as of right now, I believe I'm probably maybe a little bit wrong. Yeah, but I kind of thought the Pearl, you know, I was, I like Emerald, but I was kind of in the Pearl area too, because I liked, oh, you know, when it comes out of its shell, (laughs) but like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about this theory a little bit more? I know we've already talked about it here, but there's new evidence. Yes, yes, you're right. Exactly. So, you know, in past episodes, we've discussed how like Golda says that, you know, the Queen Charlotte's favorite way to describe a debutante it's actually in season three so it's not like diamond of the season or you know incomparable or diamond of the first water Eloise tells Queen Charlotte in season two episode one that oh she prefers emeralds to diamonds and Queen Charlotte laughs she just I mean slaps her knee and is like yeah my favorite necklace is made of emeralds and you know apparently in Queen Charlotte the you know limited series Queen Charlotte wears that like favorite emerald necklace in the final scene when she's under the bed with King George uh, right before like the credits roll. So yeah, we just know she's got a thing for emeralds, but what really sort of, I think was like the like final nail in the coffin was a Brazilian nail polish brand called Risque is now doing a collaboration with Bridgerton and there's an emerald green shade that's called Aves da Penelope or Penelope's turn in Portuguese. So I feel like that's as, like, 
in your face as it gets like you know yeah and then also in the clip that we got with the mr bridgerton um she is wearing an emerald emerald dress there too as well yeah and so is that what calls is that what calls the queen's eye to her because it is Mm -hmm. the first ball of the season Mm -hmm. yeah she looks good though can we talk Um, about how like I imagine she goes to Lady Danbury's ball. She walks in. All, like, the basic bitches are, like, in their pastels. And she is just this, like, gorgeous, mm-hmm. jewel-toned, like, buxom goddess walking in. Like, the other hoes never stood a chance. It's just a massacre on the dance floor. Like, I want that moment so bad. I know, but we're not going to get it. <gasps> you don't think I so? I hate to tell you. I mean, we can perceive it in that way because I'm sure no one else is going to be in those tones. But mm-hmm, we know mm-hmm. Penn has a bad fucking time at that ball. So, do you think when she walks much. in, like from the outset, it's going to be like that, or maybe people? I do think look maybe at her. she gets a moment where it's like the down the stairs Cinderella story moment, yeah. one second. But then some bitch in the fucking back is going to go <laughs> and start giggling at her and start talking shit. Throws and then, a tomato. And then, yeah, literally throws the metaphorical tomato or a real one. Uh, and because like it tomatoes. Marina. Yeah, Marina does not like tomatoes. And maybe, you know, that just breaks Penn down immediately because she's probably already nervous about doing this new whole look. Mm-hmm. And if she has that one moment of like, okay, maybe this will work out. And then she sees someone like laughing at her in the back, like that's just gonna. The way I will want to like jump through my TV to fight that bitch. That 18, yeah, but that is the bitch. catalyst. That's the catalyst for confidence yeah. lessons because even if the one bitch in the back was laughing at nothing, Penn is still perceiving it in some type of way because yeah. she's not confident. It would be, you know, I think in hindsight, it's interesting that this like beautiful emerald gown that we have from all of the promo stills and leaks that we have so far, it is so different color wise from every other dress. Like it Uh kind of feels like she as like the emerald in this moment, it's like she's still like on her little island. She's isolated. Uh But then once her and Colin make up, every dress we see going forward is blue green. (laughs) <laughs> literally almost Bridgerton blue yeah yeah with the dash of Featherington right exactly like that mm-hmm. merging she's become a new person okay Carly I wonder because we haven't talked about this this is a crazy theory I had last night and because you guys know I mean like I I look I create clues out of nothing so that I can be like look what I found <laughs> so Penelope's boobs in this emerald gown look they're especially like yes they're especially like yeah. pushed up like if you guys pause the clip when it's like her profile there's like a big old swell like atop her bodice mm-hmm. and it's just like to her chin I'm wondering yeah. if like is she squeezed into like a tight corset that Genevieve put her into maybe she makes a witty comment to the queen how she can't breathe in her 19th century spanks and she's got real emeralds sewn to the bodice because what if it's like the first scene in Queen Charlotte where Queen Charlotte is pouting in the carriage with her brother Adolphus, who tries to compliment her outfit. She's pissed that she's going to be married off to, you know, a man she's never met before. And she talks about how she's wearing a whalebone corset that could basically stab her, right, if she moves too quickly. And there's Indian sapphires sewn throughout her bodice. It's, like, Mm -hmm. so attenuated, but that's my, like, crazy theory. I think that's a good theory. I think my only, like, thought on it or, like... And we know Queen Charlotte likes to put her nose in everything. So, like, this might not even be a point. But, um, like, why would she just be chit-chatting with the queen? I think <laughs> if Danbury's there. Being, if Danbury's there. She and, has to be there. Yeah, of course. And we see them sitting together in that still. 
Um, so maybe if Penn is just like saying hello to Danbury because it's Danbury's house, that would make sense. But like Penn is not being presented again as Eloise was, and that's why she mm. had like actual face to face time with the queen. Mm, so, that's, like, that's so my true. Only, yes. Like, thought. Um, but I like that theory. I think that I think that would be like a good play, but but also it's just like the wonder of like having time to fit that in, like time right. face time with the queen. Exactly. Yeah. How that work? Um. So you know, kind of going into discussing like when you are the diamond or the emerald, when you are the queen's jewel, right? We'll, you know, we'll say for the sake of this conversation, Queen Charlotte always takes a special interest in these women. You know, she tries to find them a match. She's like the hardest shipper of like these yeah. women's, you know, like love and lives. she's so real for that. She's yeah. so real for that. She's so invested because she's bored, which also it's like, dude, spend time with your like 30 children like you could literally they had <laughs> 15 kids i don't think all of them made it i think like a hot 13 made it to the end but yeah it was like hamsters <laughs> <laughs> she has like 15 kids she's got like eight zebras like yeah dude she's got a whole lot of you know but that so this is another like little theory crafting that i thought about i'm curious if your thoughts of it which is if Queen Charlotte and Danbury seem to be taking a special interest in Penelope from like what, you know, actresses Golda and Adjoa have said about their characters and in other interviews. Would Queen Charlotte approve of Debling and ship Penn with Debling? I think it depends at what point she became interested in Penn. Mm. Too. Because if, if she's interested in Penn from like day dot, you know, that might be different. Is Penn going to be the only jewel of the season? Is, is is or is there going to be a diamond and an emerald? Mm. Is she going to be an emerald from the get? Is she going to be you know Queen Charles just watching her? I think it really depends. Um, I think that is an interesting comparison. I like that we used to think Devlin was going to be like a taxidermist. <laughs> Dude, I think that's so much funnier. I mean, they called him eccentric, and we're like, what is the most like <laughs> eccentric thing we can think of? Um, yeah, what is the most eccentric hobby this random man can have? But I don't know. Maybe yeah. Devlin's a catch. He seems pretty like white bread. I think for yeah. me, what why I even think Queen Charlotte might find something interesting about Devlin is because he is, as we know from our girl Valentina Valentini's article on Valentine's Day, he is a conservationist. He's into nature and wildlife. And King George in the limited series of Queen Charlotte, he's Farmer George. He loves agriculture and botany. Very mm-hmm. Philip Crane coded. Yep. And in season two, you know, Queen Charlotte even shows, like, the crown's menagerie of animals, like the zebras, to Edwina and Lady Danbury. So, like, if Debling has this love of wildlife, I just, I wonder if it would give opportunities if there's, like, a big, you know, party or a dinner or a tea or something for Debling to have interesting anecdotes and then Colin is just sitting there, like, oh. Yeah. Trying to, like, waiting to tell his next travel story. Yeah. Oh. Maybe if he's like an agriculturist, maybe he like works for the queen. Mm. Oh my gosh. So she could already like know him and he's just like yeah. a bad dude. Um, yeah. But okay. So moving on. We are trying to figure out the answer to the question is Kate pregnant? And is that possibly why Antony is not around as much? Mm. So in post panel or in the panel, the day of the panel, Luke yeah. Thompson discussed how he will be stepping into his role of the spare a little bit more and helping Antony with some of his roles. Um, so we think that Ben is taking over for, or it's possible that Ben is taking over some of the uh, 
social engagements with Fran as it's her first season instead Mm. of Antony and Kate being part of all those social engagements. Could that possibly be because Kate's pregnant? Maybe. So that's the thing is like, right, kind of bringing it back to that still where I'm theory crafting that what if that's when like he tells her or she tells him. Yeah, he's like, hey, you're pregnant. Hey, babe, Um, just so you know. Like, I think you're pregnant. I think I find it odd that Cantony is MIA because like what what's going on there? I mean, like she just became Viscountess, right? You'd think like she'd be super present and like, you know, her and Antony are the heads of the Bridgerton house now. I think the fact that, like, the Moonlight Ball, they're not there with Franny is odd. Like, I... Yeah, yeah. from what we see, they're not there with Franny because in the still, that's, like, Eloise in the front, and then you have Colin, Benedict, Fran, and Violet is there? Question mark? Yeah. Um, Business in the front, party in the back. (laughs) Truly. She has her (laughs) fucking business face on. She's ready to go fight a bitch. Um, But we don't see Kate or Antony. And my thought would be they would be in the front, um so maybe it is possible they had gone in before Eloise but I don't know why they wouldn't have Franny with them if this is Mm. like Fran is fresh on the marriage mart I don't know why she'd be standing more so in the back near Benedict and Violet yeah yeah exactly and like we know that like actor Jonathan Bailey he was doing you know filming for like Wicked for fellow travelers like he was busy so he was booked as fuck because you know how, like, I don't, you did you watch Dairy Girls? I don't know if you if you did. Yeah, I, did. I haven't watched the last few episodes, but yes. Oh, so you've seen, like, some of, like, in the last season, like, Nicola's barely in it. And I think that's because of, like, Bridgerton filming. And yeah. I almost wonder if, like, that's a thing with, like, Johnny. Like, I wonder if all of his amazing, you know, like, other endeavors and, like, you know, roles that he had, if that impacted how much we see Antony this season. It's possible. I also just think they are probably trying to be light with the Cantony so that people don't expect Mm -hmm. tons of the previous relationship in the next season. Like, I'm not expecting a ton of pollen next season. Yeah. Like, in season four. Yeah. I'm expecting to see them. I'm expecting to hear about them. Yeah. I'm not expecting for any, like, giant pollen storylines. Because unfortunately, yeah. after yeah. season three, their season is done and it's someone else's turn. Dude, you're right. But in the interim, we're on this wild ride, just enjoying uh, yeah. living in the moment. Um, I wonder if they're not there because they're living their own like storyline and we're going to like see parts of it. Or if they're mm. not there because it's like, well, they went to India for a month. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> classic. What was that? Like Francesca's with like an aunt doing piano for. Ever. Yeah. I'm like, is she or did you just forget that there's an F between the G and the E? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Ruby Stokes had that show she was working on. Um, yeah, but. And I feel like that's the thing is, why is it that? What other explanation would there be? Right. When we think, OK, well, what, where is Ant? Right. He's literally the head of the house. You'd think like. Yeah, it's not a season anymore, but he should be, like, around. He should be, like, yeah, the center of it all. Kate should be learning her Viscountess duties and, you know, yes. whatever. Yes. So it's, like, what could pull him away from all that? I don't know. Maybe, like, could Antony be someone that, like, when he finds out if and when Kate is pregnant, he's, like, super overprotective. Maybe, like, they just are staying home a lot. Maybe she uh-huh. has bad morning sickness. Well, um, yeah. we know Bridgerton's have 
pregnancy trauma based on mm-hmm. Violet's final pregnancy with Hyacinth because it did not go good. Especially yeah. with Anthony, he was forced or they tried to force him to make the decision between his mom and the baby. Yeah. And he, that poor child was only 18 years old, like the poor thing. So if he is super protective of, of Kate and he's like, we're going to get fresh yeah. country air, we're going to Aubrey mm. Hall, she's not leaving bed, like... Y'all can come visit us later. Like, we are at Aubrey Hall. Come find us at Aubrey Hall. Um, yeah. That wouldn't shock me. That would, to me, that would be in character. And it would also give reason to maybe Antony's not around so much. Yeah. Yeah. That that definitely feels like Ant. Which, in a way, like, I mean, I, I like Ant. I, I love Jonathan Bailey, especially after, like, fellow travelers. So, like, it would be nice to see him. But it would feel in character if Antony was very overprotective. Because like you said, he saw his mom like on the brink of death when it came to mm-hmm. like giving birth to Hyacinth. He literally watched Edmund die. Like his father died in his, you know, right there. Ant's had a lot of trauma where I think now that yeah. he's starting like his own family, I feel like that's probably like top of mind, like keeping his family yeah. safe and stuff. 100%. And he already had that scare with like Kate off the horse. So like anything that could mm. potentially harm her health, he's like, get in bed you're staying in bed you think he lets her like do horseback riding or he's like you're done you're done i don't think he could stop her Mm. i don't think he's necessarily happy about it yeah okay so moving on from trauma we're gonna talk about another point that's like kind of more silly goose mystery mystery a mystery the mystery of where is antony no we're not talking about that we're talking about the mystery of what is lord devling's first name and should we throw some guesses out we don't know this guy's first name. Everything we've heard about him is Debling or Lord Debling. Yep. Um, yep. Will we ever find out his first name is the question because he is supposed to be, or I'm believing he will be the antithesis of what Colin is. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, not like in a villainous way, but just in a Colin shirks propriety when it comes to Penn. And like, this is Lord Debling. He stands a good distance away he wears his gloves he doesn't touch her in an inappropriate way he keeps his conversations polite he is lord debling so if we never find out his first name i think that could be really interesting yeah because i think short of shonda rhymes in like a month or two sitting up in bed in a cold sweat like we forgot to give lord debling a first name like unless that's the case this has to be intentional which is odd Mm -hmm. think about it y'all at this point, we know his dietary restrictions before his first name. Like, yeah, Ur? it's definitely interesting. And it's not saying we'll never learn his name. Like, it could be in, like, when he's introduced, you know, this is Lord Joseph Debling or, like, but whatever. why not have it? But why not have it? it? We know it's Harry Dankworth. We know it's Marcus Anderson. Exactly. It's not exactly. Mr. Anderson. It's not Mr. Dankworth. Yeah, and you know what? Isn't it, like, Lord Lumley and Lord Fife? They don't have first names, but they're also yeah. not... Penelope, like Penelope's suitor and yeah. like Colin's competition like Dabbling is gonna have enough screen time where he he deserves a first name <laughs> like yeah I just it's really odd and I think one theory we're playing around with is like maybe there's a point where like Penelope addresses him as you know my lord or something and he says please call me blank mm-hmm. and then it's like oh for him to even oh, like tell her. Serious. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why Colin like gets a fire lit under his ass because she's like, "Oh, I had dinner with Philip, or had yeah. dinner with fucking Samuel, or he's basically Philip. Fucker's name is he's like yeah, Walmart literally. version of Philip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but whatever his name is, 
And then Colin's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Or I felt like... That's TikTok. TikTok, he's running out of time. She's calling this man by his first name. That's only for Colin. I'm dead. It's giving episode five energy. Yeah, I think... And then I thought, too, like, well, what if it's a mystery we never find out? And, like, that's on purpose. You know, I think you kind of... You alluded to this a bit where it's like, is this a way of maintaining separation? Penelope doesn't get too attached to him as well because she never gets on that first name basis, right? Because like you said, it's so antithetical to her dynamic with Colin where they are not just on a first name basis, they're on a nickname, a pet name basis. And like for her to not even know Lord Devling's first name, is that just showing the lack of intimacy that they'll have? Is it showing the lack of of intimacy or are they just trying to hammer home the point that he's a lord? Mm, Do you think like... Oh, to like I emphasize. I think if we're playing, if we're gonna play on Colin's like insecurities or like fear that he's not enough or fear that he's purposeless, I think hammering home the point that like this man is a lord, he has, you know, opinions and he has hobbies and he has, I think that would kind of shake Colin a little bit. So I think that could be part of it as well. He just wears his like whole goat. his like powdered wig from Parliament everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. The deed to his like estate, he just has it like in his little pocket. Um, so question, are we going to have a situation where Lord Debling overhears Colin address Penelope as Pen? And what would this man Uh, say? Oh, I hope not. That'll make me mad. If he does, I want Pen to have a stink face about it. Wait, wait, wait. That Lord Debling overhears Colin. He hears Colin addressing Penelope. Oh, 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 oh. I heard yeah, Lord Debling addressing her. As you Penn. scratched that and reversed it. <laughs> it's for you real. Walk it no, out. I was like, oh, um, it, it depends how white bread Debling is going to be. I think, mm, um, like, like not a lot he, of feistiness. Yeah, if he overhears it and he's just like, "Hey, Queen, what was that about?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, we're just childhood friends." And then he's like, "Heard, sounds good. Childhood friends, that's great." Mm. I love having friends. Um, if that's if he's just like basic, if he's like a man with jealousy, then it's like, oh, well, your friendship won't be able to continue once we're married. Do you think it's just jealousy or it's also like, to be fair, it would be him like having like a, a brain that's, cell? That's like, that's like if you are like on a date with a girl and then you see like her bestie come up and is like, hey, sugar, sugar tits. Like, hey, yeah. Calling her pen in like that day and age is like not proper at all i mean they're not i feel like yeah having a a friend of the opposite sex is like just so out of the ordinary where if like lord doubling did say something and then pen was like oh we're friends i would love a petty ass moment where like he throws it in colin's face or he's like what's that about or he like like i think lord doubling mm-hmm. i hope because i think it'll be it'll like It'll allow opportunities for, like, some Jerry Springer shit. I want Lord Debling to clock immediately Colin's feelings. And I want it to cause drama and conflict between them. I want a cat yeah. fight. I want a dog fight. Yeah. I mean, I would love it. I would also love it, though, if Colin is just, like, horrendously jealous and trying to pick a fight. And Lord Debling is just, like, so mild-mannered and just, like, oh, okay. Like, just, like, doesn't care that this guy is, like posturing at him because he's like oh well i visited penelope yesterday she didn't say anything about that yeah and colin's just like getting more and more mad (laughs) so in season one we have the moment where colin goes to call on marina and they talk about like oh bringing you know a bushel of tomatoes to marina and we have penelope say 
Marina doesn't like tomatoes. We have that little moment. Yes. And Marina's like, that is not true. And she's like, shut the fuck up. I love tomatoes. <laughs> if it gets yeah. me, like, you know, a baby daddy and a home, I love tomatoes. Yeah. They're my favorite fruit, favorite veggie, whatever. Are we going to see an inverse of that Marina tomato moment with Penn and Colin? I would love it. I sure would love it. I wonder what it would be. Um, maybe if it's something about like her interests rather than like her preferences of like food, I think that would be more telling. If it's like, oh well, Penn's a fantastic writer, or like, oh well, Penn, <gasps> yeah, you know, or if he was like trying to like row the fact that Penn wrote him letters his first travels like in Lord Dublin's face, like I think that would be good. Wait, I literally had like I've had I'm having an original thought, not original like other people in the world are having this thought too, but for me cerebrally (laughs) that colin heard in season two at you know the failed antony adwina wedding by the big carriage of cake he heard all about pen's purpose Mm -hmm. what if we have pen and doubling you know things are peachy keen between them everything is fine but doubling is talking things up really positively and like he's really cheerful about like when pen is lady doubling and, like, what that will mean, like, what her yeah. duties will do. And Colin's like, this is not something that, like, will will make her, you know, it'll challenge her to be brave and witty. Oh. And that's where Colin finds issues with doubling. Like, yeah, if he, like, <sighs> corners her and they're, like, alone and they're, like, mad again. And he's like, is this guy going to set you free? Like, oh, my God, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that's I feel like good. you, you kind of ate when you said that right now. You know that, right? <laughs> I, I think we, like, I really think we just, like, need to put a period in this now because I'm not going to say anything better than that. And I think we right. just need to move on to the next one. I love it. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so this is just, like, a little thinking that I feel like are the writers doing some retcon here? And by that, I mean, like, retroactive continuity, which in, like, film or in this case, television – like pieces of new information will be added by like the writers to sort of differently interpret like previous events right so Mm -hmm. it it helps to account for inconsistencies and like for me I feel like and we've touched on this before I think in previous episodes there there's like this idea of like oh Penn's his oldest best friend right like she's known him forever that's what she tells Marina in season one but then like they also don't act like that right like it there's a lack of familiarity you know, it, we don't see Colin seek out Penn, go to her house, invite her over to Bridgerton house the way like Elle does. And I think, mm. but I think for me, in hindsight, something that really kind of stuck out that makes this feel so inconsistent, this idea of like, oh, they're, they're oldest best friends, is Portia makes that comment when Prudence like exposes Penelope's writing to Colin in season two. And she's like, Colin is my friend. You know, Portia says like, you know, Colin is as much your friend as I'm Catherine the Great. Why would she say yeah. that of their oldest best friends? What do you think? Well, <laughs> is this a continuity error or is this uh, Portia's a bad mom story arc? Bruh, dude, it really could be either. Yeah, yeah. Because like in the book, Penn is 16 or like knocking yeah. on 16 when they meet and yeah. she's walking on a promenade with her mom. So Portia sees her introduction to Colin. If they're younger, like it would make sense that Penn would be like with a nanny or, you know, 
Hmm. Even like hanging out with Eloise, but like Colin's there. And then like when he goes to Eaton, maybe that's when their relationship changes. And maybe Portia just wasn't fucking paying attention because I feel like she really starts paying attention to her daughters when they're on the marriage mart. And Penn was the last to be on the marriage mart. So no, you're right. Like she doesn't really care. Like all, like there are times where Penn in the show is like, mama, I would like to go do like, she's getting ready to have like an alibi to leave. And Portia's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm busy reading the scandal sheet that you wrote. (laughs) That I Yeah, literally. Um, Cause like also in like the Lord Byron, he's not moment in season one, you know, Colin looks at her it, it feels like a very, like, hmm, you're kind of funny way. Like, he's, like, yeah, you know. It's, like, new. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, it's new. Um, it's not, like, him remembering that Penn was always so funny. It's, like, yeah, a new experience. Yeah, like, new but, Penn lore was unlocked. She's yeah, funny. but the Lord Byron, he is not that's hard because that's just, like, a, that's hard to not say it's retcon um, because the, that's such, like, a low stakes like simple comment mm-hmm. yeah um, it's not like based on any like it's not like a sexual indu- innuendo like kind of like when she um pointed out the the footman lady trowbridge's footman and yeah. the baby yeah um like that that makes sense that he like was kind of shocked by what she said and that's like a new thing that penelope has never said to him before because one why does literally one why does pen and that doesn't really make sense that she knows why the baby would look like mr <gasps> the woman the genetics um, yes yeah like i don't know why she knows the math on that but she doesn't know where babies come from but that's fine um she thinks they're cake she thinks if she eats cake she'll be yeah like, she nine months they had pregnant. Cake together um <laughs> yeah but like i get why he would be shocked and like kind of taken aback about her saying that this isn't frosting it's out of pocket <laughs> shut the fuck up uh <laughs> but um yeah when it comes to the Lord Byron, he is not like Colin shouldn't be that shocked that she has like a knowledge of poetry and writers and whatever. Yeah, because you think right, he knows that he knows both Al and Penn are like very well read, especially yeah. compared to like a lot of other like young women in the ton. Um, so in obviously like the teaser clip that fed us for the rest of our lives, and honestly, like that clip. It did a lot for like world peace. I feel like in a way, I think it really did. But mm-hmm. in the clip where Penn shoes him out. Colin says, I wrote to you like I always do. Okay, so when, so hey, so mm-hmm. give me a calendar mm-hmm. of when you wrote this bitch letters. Did you write her letters when you were in school? If right, you were like Eaton. Very old friends. Did you write letters when you were in Eaton? Did you write letters when you were in uni? Did you write letters mm. during the winter when y'all were doing nothing? Mm, like country did, houses yeah, they're yeah separate. did y'all have country house letters like when were you writing these letters because once one trip of letters mm-hmm. does not as i always do make like that doesn't really i wouldn't phrase yes. it like that if it were yes. me i would phrase it like like i did last time how i did yes. on my last tour yeah so like i always do that's interesting to me yes exactly exactly and it's like it's you're right does it hint to them have they written before in the past when they were younger um or i also thought it could also be too that or maybe it is it is what we're thinking and it's also this is that colin said that in that very like puppy dog pouty way like we always write to each other do you know what i mean i mean like can we talk about yeah, how he's like, a little puppy dog like he wants attention so bad yeah but honestly he's a puppy that just pissed on my carpet so i'm like a <laughs> you're like i'm about to eat that bitch across the room yeah like he's going outside like 
I'm was a not violent like place. you're very cute and i'll let you back in in about five minutes because i'm afraid an owl will get you but you're going in the crate but crate yeah you, like it, it's crate time you've you've just pissed on my carpet yeah even though the door was open for you mm-hmm. um yeah but his whole like i talked about it last time but like his i miss you that king turn around and walk away you are making me so mad Penn is a stronger woman than I am because I would have like baby hit him. Her laugh and like smile is so good. Just oh like, my god, the so exhale. Good. You miss me. I was tr- I thought I sent it in a voice memo to you, but when I watched that video for the first time, I screamed. And you can probably ask the girl who lives in the room next to me <laughs> about this. But I screamed, "You miss me! Oh, you miss me! Okay, so you miss me. You miss me." You, you fucking miss me? Yeah. I was fuming. I was like, you miss me. Okay. I was like, a, I was a puddle on the floor. I was just a puddle and like two eyeballs like floating in the goo. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I know. She said, you miss me. And I said, you miss me? Gosh, I'm so glad. Okay, first off, can we do like a quick little inspirational moment? Everyone listening, and this is good for you and me, Carly, to remember. Don't have imposter syndrome because whoever does the social media and like editing and release like PR for Shondaland and Bridgerton, they keep fucking up and they still got a job. <laughs> You're probably doing fine at your job. Yeah, so, for real. you know, you know, you don't have to be perfect at what you do. But um, I do think ultimately with the retcon, it doesn't matter. And like, I-, I think, and I'm curious your thoughts too, Carly, but like, I feel like honestly, I'm as much as like, we're pointing it out and being like, hey. I think the story is way more rewarding if we're going to have this retcon happen. Now they're mm-hmm. old best friends. We get a baby pollen flashback than how the book has it. Yeah. And I don't think a ton of retcon needs to happen. I right. think it could be easily written off as like Colin forgot that Penn is funny and <laughs> or like they're no longer just like playing house. They're actually having conversations and Porsche's a bad mom. Yeah. As we've seen. Totally. Like I think that is like easy peasy lemon squeezy solved yeah yeah (laughs) okay guys if you're listening to this um we have traveled into the future this is a later time period than our first recording uh we're coming to you live so just so you guys know there was a tiktok that we released the other day where it takes place at like it's the chapel of like the old Royal Naval College where the leaks have been of like where Pollen is going to get married. So it's that chapel. It's Kevin Hart dancing because it's a green screen cap cut template. And the, the, <laughs> the caption is how Penelope is going to walk down the aisle knowing she's getting her back blown out that night by the man her family and Marina said would never want her. And then it proceeds to be Kevin Hart dancing into the middle of the screen with two bottles of tequila. Anywho, Nicola, Mary Coughlin, Penelope Ann Featherington, Penelope Ann Featherington Bridgerton put respect on her fucking name. She, <laughs> she liked the, she didn't just like the, the TikTok. She favorited it and added it to her secret folder. Guys, Mother has perceived us, and I'm so happy. We're both, like, reeling. Um, I'm reeling. I'm also really high because we had to celebrate. So I'm high. Rose is drunk. Yeah. We're both very excited. Um, We can't operate heavy machinery. No. If I think about it too much, I'll scream. 
Um, I do <laughs> want to give props where props are due. I make some of the TikToks. Rose makes some of the TikToks. This yeah. particular TikTok that was perceived by mother. Rose's TikTok. Thank you, Carly. I appreciate that. I feel like it's still... A, I always feel like it's a group effort. Yeah. But, joint account, um, joint venture. Yes, One bitch. day I'll have a TikTok that pops off. One day you'll have a TikTok that pops off. No, dude, because you'll literally make one and it's like one million views. <laughs> like, yours, like, really go off heavy. Um, but anyway. Recently, I've been doing good on the talks. And it's so good yeah. that we are trying to conceptualize TikTok lives. So keep an eye out for that girl gang. Maybe we'll do that one of these days and we'll be like drunk or high for that. Um, because of doy. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it was a Tuesday afternoon. Um, but anyway, so that's how we feel. So mother has perceived us. And I'm just going to say this, guys. I didn't say this. I didn't say this. Everyone else has been saying this to me. People are like, if mother saw it, Daddy probably did too. She probably sent it to him. So anyway, how are we dealing with fame? I don't know. I don't know. I think um, <laughs> I'll let you know <laughs> after my Ferrari gets delivered. <laughs> Your Ferrari, yeah, from yeah. Shondaland. <laughs> yeah, from um, Nicola herself. Actually, we're gonna split it. But no, all th- <laughs> all all jokes aside, guys. Uh, in all seriousness. What's fun about Nicola Coughlin favoriting our TikTok uh, is just showing, like, how much enthusiasm the leads of season three have for, like, the upcoming season and how they're engaging and, like, their fingers, their fingies are on the pulse of what the fandom is, like, (laughs) doing. So it's just really fun. Okay, so anyway, guys, um, now that we discussed that, um, also, Nicola, if you're listening, we love you. So we are jumping back to the Lord dabbling discussion because there were a few other points that we wanted to get to. And we're going to throw those in now before we get to kind of like our large, huge chunk of a theory. We're really curious to hear y'all's thoughts too once we discuss that one. But we will get to that in a second. So Carly, what's going to be wrong with Lord dabbling? Like why... Is he not endgame? Obviously, like, because Colin is wonderful <laughs> yeah. and beautiful. He's the canon pair. But what do you think, if this man is good-looking, he's titled, he's presumably kind, he has interesting hobbies, you know, noble pursuits. He's very, very fond of Penn. Nicola used two varies, right, when she described it. Mm-hmm. Where does he go wrong? In what areas does Penelope think, and are we imagining, in season mm-hmm. three, Penelope thinks, like, Ooh, th- he's still not like this. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, I mean, you already kind of said it, but like, number one, he's not Colin. Um, <laughs> he's not Alpha, <laughs> so he's got that against him. No, but it's just like Colin already has such this special place in Penn's heart. They allegedly mm. grew up together. Mm-hmm. They have shared experiences. They have history. Not all of it good anymore, but like they still have that. So it's like so much of each other is already intertwined and like I think that is a big point for Colin and then um here's my thing I don't want him to have anything glaringly wrong with him or have him be like oh that guy's a freak like get him out of here I think it is more impactful to the story and we've we kind of talked about this before in different 
scenarios. But yeah. I think it's more impactful to the story if, while he's still a great guy and he does care for Penn, the only problem is they aren't that compatible. I think if there's, like, a big glaring problem, then it takes away the impact of her potentially choosing Colin over this man. Yes, Beach. Yes, Beach. No, sorry, because we just... We've talked about uh, Colin, like, fighting for Penn or Colin's reasoning for stepping, like, into her and Dublin's relationship yes. because now Dublin has all these things going for him. We've talked about Colin's idea and aspect of that and how I want him to be to do that. But for Penn to make the decision of, like, I have this great guy who dotes on me, who really cares for me, who has never forsaken me but i barely know him i don't love him right and then i have colin it's like i want her to have so many reasons to choose debling but i want her to still choose colin exactly exactly and i think that's part of both like what is going to be like colin well some of it right it's going to be things like that are from the past like you said like they have a lot of history and those are things that like can't be changed. They can't go back. Like that stuff happened. I mean, it can be changed because I'm going to presume it's retconned by the writers. It's okay. It's fine. You know, we won't say anything, but like, um, we, we're not complaining, but like that aside present day call, you know, the showrunner Jess Burnell has talked about it, that like Colin is, they're going to make him work for it. And I think we're all here for it and are really excited to what that looks like. And I feel like to your point about like, she needs to pick Colin and not in a way where like it's hollow because yeah, doubling ended up being like not a really great guy. I think that's where I'm wondering if it's one of two things or a bit of both. And that's where I'm curious for your, your thoughts. So we know from like our girl, Valentina Valentini's article that, Lord Dubbling lives on the fringes of society. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, is he going to be someone that Penelope can lean over to in a ballroom and be like, hey, that baby looks like it's actually like the footmen's, right? Like, not the late yeah. father who's dead, like Lady Trowbridge, the Penelope, what's a Bob moment in season one? Like, is Dubbling not going to be here for gossip, for parties? If he's already on the fringes, right? He's some, mm-hmm. like, naturalist dude who is, like, more with nature than with, like, the aristocracy. Maybe he either doesn't know about Lady Whistledown or whether or not he knows about her when he voices an opinion of her. Once he becomes aware of her or she's brought up in conversation or who knows what, will he say something disapproving or derogatory about her? And how would mm. Penn feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I think there are going to be things that make them incompatible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could definitely be one of them. Um, I think Lady Whistledown is already, like, a, a difficult subject in the show of people accepting or not accepting or, yeah. you know, coveting or hating Lady Whistledown. That yep. It could be interesting that Lord Debling, you know, plays his card in that. Um, but it's not even just that aspect of Lady Whistledown, like, that she writes papers that could be an issue with Debling. It can be, like, a woman writing. It could be, mm. you know, so many other aspects. He could just make a comment about, like, the independence of a woman. But then I think it, in our 21st century audience, I think that would 
be part of like playing into him not being an extremely likable character as well because like those are things that we covet we covet independence and a woman's right to have a job and do her right. own thing um so i think it's a hard like give and take on that no i see what you mean especially yeah kind of tying back to what we talked about before like if he's very if he randomly like this eccentric you know guy is like oh once we're married you're going to be lady doubling and you're going to give birth to a thousand children with no first names and like we're going to just live that life in like the jungle or whatever the forest yeah um, right that like that's not her vibe and because I think so this is like another wrinkle but I'm really curious to talk to you about it and it's that if Lord Dubling so I think if Lady Whistledown is like a huge thing that maybe right like if that's the core of like Penn's purpose her dreams her ideals her ambitions if that is like a huge like deep cut that either like Dubling or Colin can be like a balm to or they can like make worse what does that mean in terms of, like, Colin? Like, are we going to have a moment in time where Debling is still in the running and Colin knows that Lady Whistledown is Penn? Like, that's, what I'm, that's what's, like, fucking me up about episodes three and four is I'm like, where mm-hmm. is Debling going to end? And how, how close to him and Penn get to, like, being a real thing before she pulls yeah. the plug? Yeah. Um, I said it before. I don't want Debling to make it past episode four. I have no yeah. need for him after that. Uh, because I'm hoping episode four will have the carriage scene. I'm hoping he knows he's no longer in the running by the time the carriage scene happens. That is yet to be seen. Dude, he's gonna know, though, if, like... <laughs> well, she's gonna roll up smelling like jizz and he's gonna get the fucking message. <laughs> no, dude, it's gonna be... It's gonna be, like, Spongebob Gary's trail <laughs> from Bloomsbury all the way back yeah. to Mayfair. No, from fucking Fleet Street, bitch. <laughs> from the fucking St. Brad's Church bruh follow the yellow brick road um, literally yeah that's what <laughs> um, wait can I say something can you imagine <laughs> who's gonna use that taxi that taxi that carriage next cause oh I don't totally like, gonna be fucking pissed no bruh when modern guys this is for Wait, what's that one like TikTok meme? It's like, you should know this too, you guys. <laughs> when modern, when modern fan fictions are like Tony Bridgerton, I'm like, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that guy? Do not call, call Anthony Tony. Tony. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but no, I was gonna say to put a pin in this. Like, I don't remember the fucking question, so yeah, let's put a pin in it. Yeah, I think like I was gonna say. So long story short, it's gonna be curious for us to see. When does Debling, when is he out of the picture? And what are the circumstances surrounding that, right? Like, how close do, do him and Penn get before, you know, <clears throat> he's done and it's, like, Colin clearly, like, won? Mm-hmm. Um, I even wonder, too, like, would Debling, like, how close are they going to get? Are Debling and Penn going to be close enough for, like, he tries to, like, hold her hand or even, like, kiss her? Because um, I'm wondering if like that could be another portion of it that maybe Debling, he's very fond of her. I mean, I'm sure he has eyeballs the way the rest of us do. You know, he looks down and he's like, okay, I would gladly make you my lady. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and you know, that like maybe there's no sparks flying there. And that's a part of it where Penn's like, oh, but I'm drinking lemonade with Colin and like, it's just like scorching in the drawing room, you know, like yeah. the tension, the sparks are there. 
Thank God. Two seasons later, they came out. They were dormant, like Mount St. Helens, bitch, but they burst since. And it's like, yeah. Are you talking about her titties? What do you mean? I got lost and I heard Mount St. Helens. No, 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 no. Because Mount St. Helens was the volcano. Bitch, I know. That's well. That's what I'm saying. Like the um, sexual tension between them, it was dormant. Oh, it was dormant, God, and then yeah, it God, it yeah. like yeah, it burst in season three. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it burst with like hot magma. But no, yes. so like yeah, I think that's what's that's what's curious. But I think to to put a pin in this, ultimately, I was gonna say I <laughs> the joke that I was gonna say earlier. If you could keep this in here, <laughs> we were talking about if there's like a trail all the way all the way back to Mayfair. we have a carly has an amazing meme guys on tiktok of like eddie murphy looking (laughs) into the carriage because he's the coachman that needs to clean it and like we don't know what exactly is going to happen in the carriage i personally have headcanon that like colin's going to go down on her and we can discuss that in a minute but like I just feel like Colin's going to paint the ceiling of that carriage like it's the Sistine Chapel. Like oh, my God. Ass. Yeah, especially if he's a virgin. He's so fucking pent up, man. Wait, yes, bitch. Like, literally, wait. If he's It's watched, fucking Krakatoa in that bitch. Do you, do you want over. me to? Do you want me to, like, I am about to say something that to you and the other virgin Colin truthers is, like, it's, like, deferential. No, but if he's backed up, and remember, his dominant hand has a big old gash in it. He isn't able to wink. Oh, so my God. That motherfucker's going to burst. Let's just say if he paints that ceiling, Benedict ain't the only artist in that family. Dead ass. <laughs> like, twist. Yeah. So, who knows? Anyway, that's truly the last thing we have to say on that. Wait, so- I, you, like, asked the question and started, to- you took it from the fucking top, and I never got to answer it. We'll say something. <laughs> you keep trying to end this fucking segment and you won't let me speak. Bud, because you were like, let's put a pin in it. You guys? No, I thought you, you guys were putting... weigh in. Yo. You I thought you were saying put a pin in our like side chit chat. Oh yeah, that's what and I meant. Li- yeah, and then you literally took it from the top. <laughs> as if we were gonna delete the whole prior section where I said no! something. Let's not. No, I want to keep it in. Okay. Giggity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What other thoughts were you kind of having on like the Debers stuff before we bounce? Keep... I don't want them to kiss. I've said so much yep. about not wanting to see Colin with another woman. The last thing I need to see is Penn fucking making out with a blonde man. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's your biggest like objection. <laughs> not that it's not Colin. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I don't like a blonde grown man. <laughs> um, that might be stemming from my daddy issues with my blonde father. Is your dad blonde? Why do I think he was like kind of brunettish? He's blondish. I don't, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to see her kiss the blonde man. I don't want to see her lips on anybody besides Colin, middle name redacted, Bridgerton. Wait, bud, why'd you redact? I don't fucking know his middle name. I don't think he has one, he but I... can, he doesn't have one in canon. I like Christopher. Me too. I think I think Fanon of Christopher is good. Like I think on... George is a good one too because they do name their son George. Ew! No, because that's like fucking Mariner's baby daddy. Everyone's fucking George. Everyone in the world that's is true. fucking named George. Their true. son, their fourth son is or their fourth <coughs> child is named George. Uh, Hyacinth has a child named George because that was Gareth's brother question mark 
that died in war. And then George Crane fucking died in war. And then there's another George somewhere in this family tree. I'm positive of it because it pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like it's like John or other names like that. Shit's real common. Yeah. Um, hey, I feel like I'm just gonna say this now because it didn't make it in the last audio. Do you remember what I told you last night about that tweet that I saw? And you guys you should know this too. This tweet I saw on, on, on Twitter. <laughs> this tweet I saw on TikTok. No, this tweet I clearly saw on Twitter if I'm talking about a tweet. It was a chihuahua with green and pink acrylics and like a gall like golem hands. And the <laughs> chihuahua is saying, Ain't it crazy how while Colin is eating Penelope out in the carriage, their driver runs over Theo. <laughs> bye bitch (laughs) guys you y'all know me at this point you know both of us at this point for this tweet to make my eyebrows shoot straight up into my hairline like you know it's bad (laughs) oh man anyway i hope that stays in because i think the chihuahua with the acrylics is insane but um but no yeah so i think right we have our thoughts on doubling um so guys we have one really large like discussion point and theorizing moment to you know share with you guys this was something that carly brought to my attention the other day it's from quoter girl 19 on tumblr's post and this is revolving around this idea of did lady danbury help penelope start lady whistledown mm-hmm mm-hmm it was I when I saw it, I like gasped and then I screenshotted yes. it and sent it to Rose. Yes. I wish this person who posed this question to Quarter Girl 19 wasn't anonymous because I want to yeah. give them their flowers because I think this yes. is such an interesting theory. Yeah. Um they just said that like thinking on the possibility that instead of her father's solicitor mm-hmm. finding um one Probably of her- like journal. Yeah, her journal or one of her, uh, like, writings that would become Lady oh, Whistledown, yeah. mm-hmm. it was potentially, like, could potentially be Lady Danbury. And that is why Lady Danbury is so, like, involved with Penn this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I think part of what that anonymous poster on, you know, Quoter Girls Tumblr was saying was that, like, would they really add another character of the solicitor? Because there's going to be a point where, most likely to Colin, she's going to explain how Lady Whistledown came to be, logistically, how that even, like, happened, right? How did she swing all that in the beginning? And so people were like, well, could it be a new guy or could it be somebody else? And so we'll kind of break down what were Mm -hmm. some of the clues that, like, we, in hindsight, like, kind of looked at um, to see, like, where – where in the show canon do we have like clues pointing to this right or supporting this idea so in season one at the hastings ball in episode eight lady danbury says to simon i know all and there's other moments in time like in the season and season two where she says similar stuff and i've always just thought like oh it's funny that she says that but like clearly with like whistledown she doesn't know that right but right if if she does know about whistledown then that yeah. does make sense why she says it, right? It's not like she has a blind spot that she's ignoring. Um, the other season one possible clue is that Simon and Daphne's wedding reception, Lady Danbury tells Eloise, because Eloise is like, oh, you like gossip, right? Like, she's basically accusing Lady Danbury of being Lady Whistledown. And Danbury's like, no, it's not me. But if you find out who she is, 
do be sure to let me know. So people mm-hmm. are like, you know, but I'm going to be honest, like I went back and watched that and there wasn't like a... There wasn't like a, oh, I'm pulling one over on you vibe. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't like something really meaningful about her face when she said it, like her voice. There, It didn't feel like there was a private thought that she had, right? Like there was dramatic irony that like we weren't aware of yet. Um, mm-hmm. She seemed honestly like, pretty casual. But in season two, possible clues are like at the start of episode one of season two, Queen Charlotte and Lady Danbury walk into the palace and they're talking about like, oh, the ton hasn't heard nary a peep since last season ended from Lady Whistledown. That's what the queen says to Danbury. And the queen says like, perhaps the writer came to her senses, realized that taking on her queen is a bad idea and she will never publish again. Danbury, honestly, in these moments, always kind of seems, like, uninterested. Maybe she's just, like, humoring QC because the queen is her friend. But Mm -hmm. she doesn't really actually offer much of her own sort of speculation. Like, she's not really giving a lot. Um, And in this moment, she's just like, oh, you know, it is a convincing theory, mom. Like, that's all she says. But no additional – like, I mean, you guys know, this woman is sharp as a tack. For her to not have her own thoughts or commentary on the idea beyond like, oh, yeah, it could be that is a little wild because like the next part of that conversation and it's a short one, but the queen realizes, well, wait a minute. If we haven't heard anything from Whistledown, she must have been in the country during the year. So she must be one of us. Right. And like an aristocrat, someone that has a, a, you know, a home in the country and then has a home in London yeah. And if you look at Danbury's face when the queen pieces that together, it's like you could see it two ways. The way that most people probably saw it is like it's just Danbury being like, oh, God, OK, or like here she goes again. But now through the lens of what if Lady Danbury <gasps> knows, it feels like she's really subtly like, OK, um, she just seems detached, but also like. She's very aware of what's going on. Um, Wait, I have something to say. What? In this, like, scenario, in this uh, type of interaction between Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte. Yeah. Queen Charlotte is to Eloise what Penelope is to Lady Danbury. No, bitch, literally. Yes, yes. No, it's like, it's the exact. It's a parallel. It's, oh my god, bitch, you're literally so fucking smart. You unlocked the deepest cortex of yeah your brain. this weed is fucking giving me galaxy brain right now that's why i've been silent for the last four minutes i'm so dead i just i but you're right that is a perfect way to explain the dynamic it really is like i but mean you also, guys then that could play on the fact that pen knows who lady whistledown is that's why she doesn't really give a fuck right 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 and like for lady danbury could it be the same where like because you know what it is too is here's what i thought when you know looking back on this theory Lady Danbury isn't as invested in unmasking Lady Whistledown as Queen Charlotte is. Like, the Queen is way more invested in finding out. Like, she's the one who says, like, oh, we're rivals, right? Like, Lady, you know, Lady Whistledown is her rival. And I think for a long time I thought, like, well, that makes sense. Like, we don't really know what is said about Danbury, at least in show canon. It probably isn't that much. And obviously she is, like, a respectable, a respe- like a, oh, God, a respectable, oh, no. She's a very formidable figure in the ton. Where, like, even Lady Whistledown, if she's going to talk about Lady Danbury, it's not like she has that much, like, you know, like, ammunition to use. So I always Until thought... Until Marcus Anderson comes to town. Right. But so my thought here was, 
So is that why Lady Danbury kind of always seems a bit more disinterested than Queen Charlotte? Because the queen feels like she has skin in the game. It's her that is being like really directly antagonized. And Danbury is just her friend who's kind of like, all right, I'll kind of humor you. However, if you now look at it through the lens of Danbury knows who Lady Whistledown is, then she's being really sly and sneaky by like not saying anything, not incriminating herself, right? Not incriminating Penn or tipping any mm-hmm. scales. Um, the one other thing is like throughout the series, whenever Lady Danbury looks at a scandal sheet, there's like a little smirk on her face. I always thought that that was kind of like a private defiance against the queen, that she's enjoying mm. the scandal sheets and all that they say, despite the fact that the queen, while she literally like devours these scandal sheets and is like, give me, give me, give me, give me the minute that like the, you know, the guy, like the servant of the footman brings it on like the little silver platter that there's still like a love hate relationship she has with the scandal mm-hmm. sheets. But whenever Danbury's by herself, and she's, like, reading them. It feels like a little private, like, moment where she kind of smirks and laughs. But now in mm-hmm. hindsight, he knows. It's kind of like, huh, what did she write now? Like, oh, God. I'm literally yeah. shooketh. I do really think that, like, when it comes to the scenes we were just talking about, like, between <clears throat> the Queen and Lady Danbury when she seems disinterested, mm-hmm. I really just read that as, like, oh, she has more important things to deal with. Because she always has, like, a fucking task during the season. She's always trying to set people up or she's mm-hmm. always housing someone or whatever. So I was just always thinking of it, like, she just doesn't really care. She has bigger fish to fry. And then that yeah. became even more, <clears throat> seems like the case with Queen Charlotte, where she's so focused and so driven in terms of, like, the great experiment. Yeah. Um, that it just seems like she is caring more about the like politics of the ton rather than like the scandals even though it would feed into it but it just seemed like she didn't really care that much but now looking at it from this different lens it is definitely very interesting i don't know how feasible it is but it's it's a very interesting thought experiment yeah one of the like one of the things i'm wondering too though there's a lot of implications if lady Mm -hmm. danbury does know that it's pen She's known all along, clearly. Not just that she's but no- we've she not knows. See- yeah, but we've not Sorry. seen them interact at all. Exactly. Have we? Nope. They never interact. We never even see them like look at each other. In fact, that's why it was so curious to even hear Violet say during Queen Charlotte, like, oh, you know, Eloise and Penelope, they're still fighting. Because Penelope is never mentioned to, you know, Lady Danbury. Like she completely yeah. doesn't exist. She's not even on a radar. Yeah. And is like, that Penelope on purpose? Who? Or exactly exactly like it almost felt like oh wow okay like you know about her but then it's like well you're close to the family yeah of course you know about their other family friend but it's wild that they never interact even at the heart and flowers ball lady danbury and penelope they both at one point like stop on like the railing and like look over the dance floor but not at the same time as each other like they never cross paths but i will say but it's also like we've not (laughs) seen her with like antony alone or benedict alone you're right exactly exactly it's just wild implications though because it's one thing if like lady danbury knew that it's you know that pen is whistled down it's mm-hmm. a whole nother facet to it if she has like basically like in furtherance of lady Whistledown's schemes like she helped her get off the ground yeah for the queen it's, it you definitely know? has a lot of implications yeah um but it, it's just really interesting to think about that's like just one of the fun theories that y'all come up with because again we didn't make that one but no definitely not um and like i mean you know this like i don't really want there to be well i don't want to crest a blackmail arc 
But, like, yeah. would Lady Danbury be part of a bounty if she, like, knew that... If she knew this, certainly, well, that Well, was... if she felt that people were getting antsy about finding Lady Whistledown, and mm-hmm. it was going to be happening anyway, for her to add an incentive with, you find Lady Whistledown, I'll give you a thousand pounds, and you tell me who it is... So then it's like, she can keep that shit on lock if she were to need to. Which is similar, right, to season one with Elle, where she's like, dude, tell me. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, come to me first to get your money and keep it a secret. And then she could come up with, like, a... I don't know a new thing, but that's that's literally just like pulling out of my ass because I want this theory. I think it's interesting. Nor I think it's really interesting because, and also, so Carly said this before, and I think it's it's worth mentioning again. She, you know, you said Carly. Um, I'm going to tell you what you said. <laughs> I don't remember, so go ahead. Okay, sick. Um, I liked it though. You had said like, oh, if Lady Danbury did help, <clears throat> you know, get Lee Whistle off the ground and help Penn. Now that's how you become a namesake in terms oh, of yeah. you know, for Agatha, you know, Bridgerton, uh, Colin and Penn's future baby, um, her, their first child, of course, too. Um, I mean, of course, at least in the book, Ransom Mr. Bridgerton, Danbury gains the namesake, you know, like title or role or whatever, just from like shipping the two of them, which we yeah. are going to see, you know, and we've talked about that in like the last episode um, that like. She's going to support and boost Penelope when she can. But, like, yeah, it just um, – two more things to mention on this. And then, you know, we can move on to the voicemails from the listeners. But I do have – and I, I do like this theory because can you imagine if the show has kept this secret for years? I think it would be really good if – I like it when there's a twist and then Mm -hmm. they show me all the ways that they alluded to it or gave us whispers about it. Like, that fucking eats me up every time because I'm just stupid and I'm sitting there like, no, bro, that that foresight. Like, yes, bitch. I love that. That's why I like, like, murder mysteries and things. If this were to be the case and we were to get a twist like that, I haven't noticed symbolism in the show as I was watching it. Now that I'm looking for it, it... we might be able to point to some things but if a theory like that or in the same vein of shocking as that were to take place this season i would they would get my snaps for sure they would get their roses we've had so many leaks the fact that lady danbury if she is the person who helped penelope become lady whistledown has not been leaked that's crazy that and Lord That's Debling's, how I met your mother level. Yes, that and Lord Debling's first name are somehow the only two pieces of information that are unleakable in this really leaky ass fucking fandom. <laughs> to put um a, first to poke a hole and then put a pin in this whole Lady Danbury is like the ultimate, you know, she truly is omniscient thing. Because if y'all remember in past episodes, Carly has talked about the fact that like it's kind of excessive how much Lady Danbury is involved in everything. She is so in it. Where this would be absurd, though, if she was involved in this as well. Um, in a way, though, it would be amazing because, like, the way that the actress, Adjua, who plays Danbury, has talked about it. Like, she's talked about how amazing it is that, like, they both have had to pave their ways through society. And it's been an uphill battle. Uh-huh. And, like, Lady Danbury yeah. admires that. But here's the thing, though. 
in season two, Penelope has the issues where the queen thinks Eloise's lady whistle down, right? And she's sort of trying to close in on her. And we see Penelope go to Genevieve Delacroix and she's like, I don't know what to do. And Genevieve's like, well, you know, you could, you could release a scandal sheet where you, you know, say unflattering things about Eloise because the queen will then like, it'll take the heat off of her. Cause why would Elle ever write that about herself? Penn eventually does do that, right? She's between a rock and a hard place. It doesn't work out in the end. It blows up on her face when Eloise like rips through her room, finds the stuff. They have that bad fight. All that being said, y'all, and this is for you guys to ponder, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Why wouldn't Penelope go to Lady Danbury and tell her what was up or ask for help if she knew that the queen was like so close to throwing like L in the slammer? Like, even though El- Eloise is innocent, right? Like, if mm-hmm. if Lady Danbury is this, like, overarching guardian that Penn could go to, why didn't we see that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They could be hiding in from us. It could be something they show later. I yes. feel like there's, like, yes. a good amount of retcon that's happened because of Queen Charlotte with her character. Mm. Um, that kind of makes some of the things she said in the past not make sense. Yeah. Or if they are played on again, it wouldn't make as great a sense. Um, because in one of the seasons, she talks about how she was a wallflower at one mm-hmm. point. Um, but then in Queen Charlotte, we know that she was like betrothed in marriage to Lord Danbury for a very long time since she was a child. So I'm like, yeah, you were a f- wallflower in social events after marriage, which is extremely possible, especially with like the tensions that we saw in Queen Charlotte. Yeah. Um, that may might have made her feel you know shunned or, or or wallflowered or what have you so I think that could be a reason that she would like choose Penelope or feel a connection to Penelope if they play on that wallflower status again but that was also hard for me because w- while watching Queen Charlotte because the character in Queen Charlotte just seems so um in her power. Yeah, she was very, like, assured of herself. Yes. Yeah. Um, sh- and she was, like, level-headed in what she needed to do. She was ready to host balls. She was ready to know whatever. So not saying that she never had the chance yeah. to be a wallflower, but just from other ways her character has been written since that just kind of negate that a little bit. No, that's that's a really good point, and I agree, right? It's not the same struggle that, like, Penn has had. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, right, I think... I think Adjua and probably Danbury do agree. Like they're not like completely congruent, like one to one. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's they aren't entirely like they're. You're right. If there's a bit of retcon, it makes sense because they're not like identical situations. Um, mm-hmm. But guys, I mean, again, we've kind of presented reasons why it couldn't be Lady Danbury. Besides just the obvious, like it just isn't right. But yeah. also, <laughs> we've looked at the clues. We're like, if in the end it is Lady Danbury oh, wow, like, maybe these were little signs along the way that, like, you know, this very astute anonymous poster on Tumblr mentioned. Um, But I think really all we have left for today is to discuss the questions we got from our lovely listeners from our Valentine's Day voicemails. Yeah, so you guys, we have a voicemail thing available if you want to leave us a little message. It's in our link tree, which is now on TikTok and Instagram. Y'all, we've ascended. (laughs) We've ascended. We're truly just, like, in our power, for real. Yeah, it's Um, over for these hoes. Yeah, so if you want to leave us a little voice message, you are more than welcome. We love you very much. It's very exciting. 
I love a little voicemail. No one calls on the phone anymore these days. Uh, one listener asked if we have any unpopular opinions about season three. Yeah. Uh, unpopular opinions. Do you want me to go I'm first? I'm trying to think. Yeah, if you have one. Mm-hmm. So, it was like months ago, Phoebe Dynever, the actress who plays Daphne, she was asked, oh, what are going to be kind of like Daphne's storylines in season three? When you ask a question that direct, the thing is, when your actress, your character on the show evidently isn't going to have a part at all in it, you kind of are forced to admit that. So Phoebe, mm-hmm. in a very like nice diplomatic answer, was like, oh, like she's not going to be in the season, but she's going to be like watching and supporting. You know, that's like Daphne's character arc in the, you know, the two seasons that we had, the first two seasons, her arc was completed like that, you know. That's been mm-hmm. that's been wrapped up in a little bow and tied up, no loose ends, and that's how she sort of framed it. But after she said that, I saw a lot of people online who were really disappointed because they were like, "We're gonna miss Daphne. Like, what the heck? Like, how are we not gonna have that? Like, I can't believe we're mm-hmm. getting this information. Like, we're not gonna see her. I thought it was an ensemble show. My like, I guess unpopular opinion or just in general." Is that I don't have expectations that the previous sibling storylines will really continue that much in later seasons, to the extent at least that I could be this disappointed the way that I saw people about like Daphne. Well, because they're also setting up storylines for upcoming couples too. Mm, yeah. So it's exactly. like they really, really can't spend too much time yeah. on couples whose storylines are already finished. That's why I think it's gonna be semi difficult for them to continue Lady Whistledown. Mm. after this season because yes. it's so penelope centric um and now penelope's with colin and you know of course i would prefer they stay around yeah of course. i know they're not gonna have like a full like arc every season mm-hmm. but i also know that if they're planning on getting that far they need to set up gregory and hyacinth seasons yeah yeah i know we're not gonna get it at least it doesn't seem like it from what we know so far i really was holding out for like lady lord whistledown stuff where like Mm -hmm. maybe colin helps her with her shenanigans with like delivering scandal sheets Mm -hmm. i don't think we're gonna get that i would love that i don't think we are but that would be great that would be fun maybe that's a season four Ah, yeah maybe that's a season four arc uh yeah like i agree with that like i think my unpopular opinion is i don't really care about the featherington subplot Mm, or like, like se- the, or like the, the Featherington heir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think there are really good fanfics where they're desperate to be the heir because mm-hmm. it gives so many opportunities to the child it wouldn't have as just a Bridgerton. Uh, or like a <laughs> mister, you know. Wait, can I say one micro thing and then we, 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 you know, back to you with the weather. The way that it's like, oh, whoever has the firstborn son, like you have this house. This ugly ass yellow ass house. I don't want it. literally. Like... No, but it's not just the house. They get the estate and they get the title. Oh, that's very true. You see, guys. Yeah. You see why Carly? She keeps me. She keeps me. You know, in check. Super <laughs> <Keep her> young. <laughs> oh my um, god, dude! I talk about you like you are <laughs> nine thousand years old. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. 
You're like, you used to watch Rugrats? I'm like... <laughs> no, dude, I'll be asking you questions like, do you know what a CD-ROM is? And you're like, yes, bitch. It's like, have you ever used a VCR? Yes. <laughs> now, we if you... are not very different ages. We're um, not so different, you and I. Everyone take a guess how many years apart me and Rose are. I was actually going to say, we should honestly ask people like what their lore is. Because think about it. People listen to us. What do they think we look like? What do they... Like, what is their headcanon about us? I'm just curious. Yeah. But, you know. Anyway. You guys think I'm pretty? (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, what the fuck? (laughs) You're done. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, but uh, as I was saying, um, I think there are a lot of good fanfics where there's a lot of good reasons for them to want the title for their child and to be actively trying for it. Hey, I'm always down for actively trying for an air baby. Um, but I also think there are some fanfics that are, like, funny. And Colin's like, I don't want that Featherington bullshit. Like, I know that's going to not be a fun time. Y'all keep yeah. it. Have Ask Philippa how far along she is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I need to know if I need to start pulling out. Ooh. It's my unpopular opinion. Like, I think it could go either way. I don't necessarily need them to have an air. Yeah. And I think this kind of ties into the second part of this listener's question, which was, like, things we don't want to see in season three or do want to see that might differ from others, right? Like, I think some people are are excited about certain plot lines and, like, we really aren't. Um, kind of like I said, I don't care about Ben and Lady Tilly. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see Ben and any – like, if we have a masquerade ball and we have Benedict meeting Sophie, that would be really fun. I'd like that. But, yeah. like, all the Lady Tilly stuff I don't care about. I don't want to crest at a blackmail plot like we have in Romance of Mr. Bridgerton. Um I could give or take the Portia, like, proposal mix-up where she's like, oh, I thought you were trying to, you know, get proposed to Felicity or Prudence or whoever. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's just so many options. And this next question, it's asking us which of these options is our favorite, which is such a hard question. This listener asked, what Pollen fanfiction premise is our favorite? Yeah. Uh... Okay, so this is going to tell you a lot about me as a person. I <laughs> fuck so heavy with miscommunication fix. And, but it's like a very specific type of miscommunication fix. Yeah. I can't do a miscommunication fix that spans a long fucking time where they don't talk to each other for like 18 years and then they find each other again. Like, no, 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 no. I want there to be a miscommunication where literally no one did anything wrong. They just had bad listening comprehension. And then they don't talk for a week. And then someone shows up at someone else's door. The person who's a little more in the wrong shows up at someone <laughs> else's door looking like disheveled and they haven't slept. And then they make up and then they have makeup sex. And it's that's perfect. That's a perfect fanfic for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like you get some angst, but like not a crazy. It's not gratuitous. Like I want a quick resolve. I want one crying session from yeah. each of them. And then I want it to be resolved. Yeah. Um, I think from a fic that's like modern like you know alternate universe for pollen i think i am a sucker for an angsty friends of benefits because it feels so mm-hmm. real because i do think that pen i mean like i think pen would have a canon event the way that a lot of us have had where it's like you like hook up with like a friend or somebody um and like i think for pen i could see it where she's just like if i can't have colin in the you know, complete ways that I would want him. If I could be with him in this way, like I could like find enjoyment out of that. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. so real. It's very like realistic. And I think yeah. like as much as, you know, 
I don't know. I, I think that I could see Penn doing that. I mean, a lot of people do that. Um, for Regency era, I think I do like only one bed because I think mm-hmm. if the Regency era is so like buttoned up and rigid, if you can find a scenario where these two people have to be that close in proximity to each other that they're sleeping in the same bed together, it's just always like ripe for like things to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think I like that. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. I also think it usually forces communication in a quick resolution so maybe that's why i like that one too (laughs) (laughs) no you're right though you're right um so the next question that we got was if we could ask anyone in the cast or crew a question about season three and they would have to give us a straight answer could y'all imagine that what would we want to know ahead of watching the season uh for me personally if i had a question i would ask luke and my question to him would be what are the circumstances surrounding Pollen's first kiss? I'm mm-hmm. dying to know what that is. Yeah, that's oh. such a good one. Um, my first question would be to the two stars of this season. I would ask, uh, during filming, you kissed your co-star a lot. Who's a better kisser, them or me? You're <laughs> so- <laughs> I did not know you were going with that, bitch. So you fucking threw me for a loop. Me and, and our they would both 50,000 listeners. Test. Yeah. <laughs> our millions of fans. Uh, yeah. And then they would both have to test and they'd have to give me an answer. Uh, no, I'm so sorry. I should probably You're cut that. You're done. You're done. I should probably cut that, but I thought that was funny. Um, I, I thought would... it was funny, too. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave it. Uh, You'll figure it out in the editing room. You'll know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's problem. Uh, I would... I don't know. So many things I want to ask them, but none of them pertain to season three. Right, yeah. Um, I would ask what was the most, what was the scene you had to take so many times, the most times? Mm. What is the scene you had to redo and why did you mess up so much? Oh, I love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah, who knows? Was it highly emotional? Was it Silly Goose? Was Colin in his fucking banana hammock? Was it the, was there a problem with the Merkin? I want to know. You let me know. You give me the details. No, that's that's a great question. Yeah, exactly. Especially because you're like the why, because that yeah. can say so much. Um, okay, so the last question that we have for today of the voicemails is, what are our thoughts on like the B to C plots in the season? In particular, it seems like it's being set up. This is what like the listener like said in their answer, which is very comprehensive, but we're consolidating it um, as we like recite it now. Violet and Marcus, do we think that they're going to be this love triangle of sorts involving Lee Danbury? You know, the character description for Marcus says that he's a charismatic figure that lights up a room. It's giving episode two, How Bright the Moon. Anywho, Mm -hmm. he attracts a certain, you know, attention of, or he attracts the attention of certain matriarchs and ire of others. So what is this ire? Is this referring to Danbury or Mm -hmm. referring to other matriarchs of the tongue? So I understand why it's being called a love triangle i hate calling it a love triangle Mm -hmm. uh, because in my mind and just based on the tidbits of information we have and about danbury's arc this season about this new character marcus about his interacting with matriarchs of the ton um i do think they're going to be related or connected in some way i don't think it's going to be a romantic connection and so that makes me like even like feel weird about calling it a, a love triangle i think it's going to be like a triangle of issues 
Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that too about like because I feel like Claudia Jesse kind of discussed this a little bit, or I got the vibe that it was like, oh, Colin, Penelope, and Eloise are their own love triangle. Like they said the word love triangle yeah. during, and like I mean, I'm just sick of Eloise cock blocking like Colin and Penn. That like yeah. I just am. I'm done with it. So like I hate that they are like saying that uh, to the similar like you know point that you made. Um, I feel like I think. My personal thoughts are on, on this are not very unique. I do think that they're setting up Lady Danbury, Vi- Violet, and Marcus to be a thing because we've had Valentine's Day promo. Again, we'll mm-hmm. we'll link it below. But we've had Valentine's Day promo where the actors that play, you know, Violet, Lady Danbury, and Marcus, respectively, they're all together. I think it's not like an accident that those three are placed together. So... That's my thoughts on that. I yeah. don't think, like, there's another matriarch of the ton that, like, would have a problem with Marcus. Because if he's, like, this handsome, charismatic dude, like, why would you have issues with him, right? Or beef. Yeah. But where you've talked about it, Carly, like, maybe he's literally, like, Danbury's, like, son or nephew or something. Then that makes sense. They got fam beef. Mm-hmm. Um, same thoughts on, like, the the BC plot of Benedict and Lady Tilly. I kind of already, like, previewed this. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah. I have one more thing about um, Violet and yeah. Marcus. Mm-hmm. I just think I think it's a good idea to have Violet like t- dipping her toe in the water of any potential relationships. I've said it in previous episodes that I just think it would be more impactful or have a good um, give a good storyline to Violet and Francesca's relationship if she were to actually dive back into like looking for love during Francesca's season. So I don't yeah. think Marcus will be like a big love interest, just like <laughs> hoping that they take that route. Um, Mm -hmm. and I also think she's been kind of on her own for so long, just like in terms of a romantic connection that diving right in is going to be really difficult for her. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think Violet and Marcus is going to, I think it might just like let the door be open to Violet looking for romance, but also it might be her fucking brother. So I don't know. Dude, I really if they do that, like I kind of in I'm some ways literally I'm like gonna be like, um, okay. It's kind of yeah, it's like bogey, honestly. If they yeah. do that. Okay. But like yeah. don't have them like kiss or do Yeah, anything. literally no fucking fucked up. business. Okay, moving yeah. on to Benedict and Lady Telly. We know that Rose doesn't care. Um <laughs> or doesn't like like literally doesn't care. Hey, I... did you guys know I don't care? <laughs> I my feelings towards the siblings and relationships that I know aren't Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, I just <laughs> also don't really care. Um, and also, like, she's an original character. It's not like this yeah, is canon. Yeah, which, like she had like a purpose. At least Sienna existed, and at least mm-hmm. you know. But I just know Lady Tilly isn't gonna be Endgame. So I'm like, why am right. I? I know it's going to create character growth for Benedict, potentially, but none of his other partners really have. Am I bogus if I say, like, what kind of growth does his ass need, bud? Just keep it in your pants and, like, He's having growth in his pants. That's the whole problem. It's funny how for Benedict it's a problem, but for Penelope, Colin, and us audience members, it's a solution when it's Colin. (laughs) Hey, I'll take a Benedict boner. I don't care. Okay, that's all my thoughts for today. Do you have anything else to add? Um, honestly, no. I think we've covered a lot, if not quite literally, like, 99% of our thoughts since the panel. Yeah. 
Wow. We have had, I mean, guys, like it's just abundance. We want for nothing. So we say until we get like, <laughs> I want for the carriage teaser. scene. Like I want for the carriage scene. What do you mean? Oh, I wait. want quick thing is like, so guys, if you like go back and look, you can see on like YouTube, for example, what was like the season one and two, like teaser clips, like the big ones that are like, they're showing, you know, snippets of scenes from throughout the season. And both season one and two is like teaser clips. Those come out like maybe a month or six weeks out from like when the show's released. Each of those clips had a moment where like the couple were really close, like they were going to kiss. Y'all, so kiss. Yes. Dude, guys, when we get that clip or like, you know, that clip with all the different little little splices and, you know, slices from throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're getting Dude, so much to talk about. They're already that close all the fucking time because Colin has no boundaries. Um, as for the what the fix, oh. I Oh, what's up? I have one. Perfect. Phew. Yeah. Save okay. The day. So for my what the fic this week, I'm actually gonna suggest an author and not a single fic. Um this person makes a lot of great alternate universe content. Um with uh, all of the siblings actually but I like the pollen ones of course uh, mm. and they had a really great fic that was uh, Hades and Persephone AU that I, I really liked um, so mm. the author is ca- called Sea Owl and that's Sea Owl on AO3 and also on Tumblr which is where I originally found them and yeah they just make a lot of interesting scenarios with like our favorite couples so I'm suggesting them this week because I feel like alternate universes are just fun ways for new predictions. And that's what we have been doing here recently. We've just making a lot and a lot of predictions. Yeah. So go check them out. Yeah. I think that's, no, I totally agree. It's fun, like different AUs. Actually, speaking of AUs, I do have one. So I am going to recommend City Lights by Lazy Tuesday Morning, which is a modern, you know, AU and it is Friends of Benefits disclaimer it is angsty in a way that like squeezes your heart i mean it's so good but it's like very torturous at times but i mean it's great it's a completed work so you know you can take solace in the fact that like you can read it in one sitting and get to the resolution but and there it's is very a well resolution written. it's happy ever after yeah happy so. ever after only on this channel yeah, I was gonna say those are those are the only fanfics I write. It's like pollen, happily raptor. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for today. Oh my god, I think that's it, you guys. We had so many thoughts. Some of them came out <laughs> slower than others. Um, <laughs> yeah, but as always, it's been great talking to you. If you like this episode, um, you can find more content from us, basically just memes, on our other social media <laughs> platforms. Uh, so that is Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, shit, there was an extra comma there to need. No, but yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. We're those on are TikTok. the ones we got. Yep. Go, yep. go give us a smooch. Like yeah. Nicola. And <laughs> <laughs> she gave us a digital smooch when she, she favored her a, meme. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, guys. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> Please follow us on social media. Thank you for listening and um, what else? Um, Share, like, comment. (laughs) Yeah, your goldfish's piano tutor. Tell them bitches about the podcast. If you like what we're doing, if you think other people would find it funny and or informative, 
please let them know. And and if you didn't we, like it, I'm sorry, no refunds. You will hear from us very soon with more crumbs and more things to dissect. Yeah. Talk to yeah. you later. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye.